Welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast, episode 39. Kyle Versteg. I'm here with my co-host and uh, wonderfully talented and <laughs> knife nut friend, James Noka. Hey, hey, hey. And How's everything going today? <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in like an awesome mood today for Good. some reason. I just, the mosquitoes are, are not uh, as prevalent in the, as they've been in the past week. Huh. I don't know what the heck happened, but we were absolutely invaded to the point where I couldn't even sit on my front porch. It was awful. I I have never seen anything like it. Well, that's pretty much every day here. Like yeah. you, you you're not going to be sitting anywhere outside for very long uh, in the summer here with the mosquitoes the way they are. And earlier the problem was gnats, but yeah. well, I I did something I usually don't do, and I I got some cancer-causing toxic waste shit for mosquitoes. Yeah. And I sprayed it around the foundation, around the front of my porch, through the flowers and stuff in there. I didn't spray the porch. I sprayed, like, the cement on the outside of it, and I sprayed the plants around the outside of the porch. Uh-huh. And, and I, I got the feeling that it helped. But um, but it was it was so bad. I mean, I... You know how dogs are; they they get bit up like crazy. Yeah. And um, my my Labrador had a mosquito on his eyeball, oh, on his geez. not on his ball part, but on the like the eyelid. Yeah. He walked up to me, and it's like sucking blood out of his eyelid. And I was like, "Boomer, just stop that!" You know. And I just grabbed the mosquito and squeezed it, and got, of course, I got his blood all over my hands. But but I was like, "What the heck?" And I had never seen him this bad. It was like the the Everybody was talking about it up here that it w- they were so bad. They were in the stores. They were in. They were everywhere. You couldn't do anything outside for about the past two weeks. Even though it was beautiful out, it was hideous. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine. Came back from fishing in in Canada. He said it was so bad. He was sleeping with a bug net on his head. In in his house? No, no. In in the, uh, his tent. He was up in Canada fishing. Huh, well, and so he, so yeah, he was in his tent. tent then. <laughs> yeah, he he was in his tent, and uh, well, you know, I, and I, it was funny because I was up in last week. I was up in uh, uh, diving on our on our wreck, which we had a lot of interesting things going on last week with that. But I, you know, I have that Montana canvas tent, mm-hmm. and this place that we go is a pretty remote fishing area, and we always. You know, we always rent these little fishing type cabins, and they're they have like awful beds. They have awful. Hang on, my ear, my ear, things are echoing for some reason. Um, we always have um, in the, in these cabins. They have like the worst beds on the planet. And and since I've been going up there for like I don't know, maybe fifteen years now. So I've slept in almost every bed. That we have access to. You know, I mean, we go and we'll rent a cabin, and I think I've slept in almost every bed up there. 
And finally, I said this the last couple times. I'm like, you know, I I never get a good night's sleep here because the beds are so awful. And I started bringing my army cot, and then I started bringing my tent. <laughs> and so and I have a Mon- Montana canvas tent that's a wedge tent, which if you guys are not familiar with this, any of you guys that are car camping, it's like the it's like a perfect car camping tent. You can car camp late into the fall. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little it's heavy, but it's not that heavy. You can put it up with one person. Um, it, it's it's an internal frame, so there's not a lot of you don't have to have guy wires all over the damn tent, all over you know outside the tent to hold it apart and stuff. It's just a really nice setup, and it's almost perfect for for well, the tent is supposed to be like a six man tent, uh-huh. but you'd have to be like it's, six of your best yeah, friends. Yeah, it's to, like two dudes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's even two dudes is you know, me and my wife, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> but. But for me, with all my shit, my diving stuff, and when I'm on an expedition like that, it's like, you know, you always have extra stuff. And uh, so you can cook in it. You can cook in the tent. You can, you know, you can uh, make coffee in the morning. You know, because when, when, when I go up to this thing, whenever we go up there, these guys are not coffee drinkers like I am. So uh, basically what ends up happening is they don't make coffee and... If I don't make it, I don't get it. So I always bring my little pot and and um, some kind of a little stove and um, and I just warm up my coffee right in the tent, you know. And I can have my coffee before I go to bed. And I could fill up a thermos. Excuse me. I could fill up a thermos in the um in the morning before we go out on the boat. And uh-huh. well, the guys in the houses were getting eaten alive. You know, because they don't watch the doors, keeping the doors shut and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and when I go in this tent, you know, the first night, I, after I put it up, there were a lot of mosquitoes inside it. So I basically swatted everything on the inside, kept the, kept the zippers, you know, um, moist with, with uh, insecticide. And um, when I unzipped the floor to, to cook my, or to warm up my water... Um, I fold the flap under, and then I I just basically took like off and put a circle around the hole in the floor, huh. so that the mosquitoes weren't coming up in. And you know what? I never was pestered by mosquitoes the whole time I was up there. And they were, I mean, I, they were so bad you couldn't even open up your car door without getting a thousand of them inside. Yeah. Well, that's 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 uh, mosquitoes in the summer. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, well, my they're, town like said, they're usually not that. that bad here. My town has a little truck that they drive around at like three in the morning and spray. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't have. I mean, we they'll get bad and then the town will come around and spray. But spray DDT. Yeah, hopefully. What What's new in the knife world? The new in the knife world. Mike's got a new knife coming out. Yeah the the Teddy two right. Yeah yeah. Kind of yep, a traditional looking. Uh, Ooh. What the hell's that? I don't know what that is. Huh. That's well, kind of a funky sound. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's got kind of a, a traditional thing. You can see that on the Bark River Knife and Tool Facebook page. Oh, for the love of God, I forgot to tell you. We have a new sponsor. Oh, we do? Yep. Derek from Knife Ship Free. Oh, sweet. So we have a new sponsor, Derek from Knife Ship Free. About midway through, he's got a little message that that um, 
we're going to play for you. Okay. Yeah, um, probably what you'll do is just put that up on the server and then I'll I'll splice it in. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did already. But um so Derek, check him out. Uh Derek at Knivesship Free. Great website. You've bought knives from him. Yeah, I bought three you know? knives from him. Uh, yep. I bought a Boon 2, I bought uh another another knife I don't want to talk about and I bought uh the Jim's newest knife, the um What's the name of that sucker? It's uh, not the Kalahari. The, buck, the, the buck. Springbuck. Springbuck. Yeah. Didn't he design the Kalahari? I don't know, but I know he's got a bunch of them kind of coming out. I know his thing was he was going to have six knife designs this year, and everything I've seen so far has been really cool. Yeah. So what was the knife you didn't want to talk about? I'm not going to say. Was it a different brand? Uh, yeah. Are you not happy about it? No, I, I just don't okay. like them because they're douchebags. Ha! And what'd you buy the knife for? Because that was before I knew they were douchebags. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, no uh, more said. Right. Um, <laughs> no more explanation necessary. Right. Um, speaking of speaking of douchebags. Right. Tell me about this thing that was going on on Jersey Devils. Okay. Okay. 47 pages long. Okay, so people, um, I didn't know about this. I'm, I'm late to the party. Uh, and this, <laughs> this might actually get interrupted um, because we might be having a guest call in. Um, so maybe we should, do you think we should save that for later in the show and just do some... Well, yeah, we can do that. Okay, we, why, we don't I, do that. why don't I do my giveaway here? Um, remember a few episodes ago, I announced that we were going to give away a Sog Seal Pup Elite. Unopened, brand new inbox. Well, it's hey, opened, but unplayed qu- with. Question, question about that knife. Is that the one that's... Does that have a slot in it for cutting rope in that's, the sheath? That's the one that I bought. The one that I got sent did not have that slot. And that's why I'm giving it away. Because the only reason I wanted that was for the sheath so that I could copy it. Mm, nice. Um, <laughs> so it's just a slot, dude. You don't. Need I know, it. but it was cool, and it was on that movie. It's on that movie. Um, what's that movie with Marky Mark in it? Oh, um, uh, last Lone one, Sta- Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Yeah, I liked the movie, and I I thought that was a pretty cool knife. Although the movie, the knife in the movie looked bigger than the one that I got, but maybe it's just. Well, maybe it was a full seal. No. They, ha- they have a seal pup, and then they have the seal that's bigger. Yeah, maybe. The I don't seal, know. But seal, the, uh, seal Tech 2000, maybe? Well, the, the only only reason I got it was because um, of the sheath, and then I got the wrong sheath, so I'm giving it away. Now, uh, here we go. Uh, this is my bag of nerd dice. People can hear that. Uh, there were 15 entrants on my giveaway on uh, Knife Journal Podcast. So I'm taking out a 20-sided die, which is a nerd thing. And if, <laughs> if I roll, if I, I don't ro- even, I don't even have anything that looks like that. <laughs> I know you don't. Um, so there were there were 15 replies, um, and uh, so if I roll a one to 15, then uh, that's the number of posts that I'm giving it to. If it's over 15, I roll again. So here goes. Here's the first roll, and hopefully only roll. It's an 18, so I have to roll again. Okay, let's see. Who's it going to be? What a weenie. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a weenie. Seven. So the seventh post is one, two, three, four, five, 
six seven. Okay, it's a guy named uh, Charlie Adams, and uh, you can see this thread on KnifeJournal.com and the forums and the general. And uh, Charlie Adams is the new fancy dancy owner of a SOG Seal Pup Elite, and all he has to do is send me his contact stuff, and I'll update the thread. Uh, okay, so so I think it's the seal, the SOG S37-K Seal 2000 fixed blade with Kydex sheath. But is it? But the Kydex sheath has to be the right one. It, you know that's the problem. Is like um, they make two versions of the Kydex sheath. So I got the the plain Kydex sheath, and then they have the Super Ninja Kydex sheath with the little notch that I thought was cool. Actually, the notch that I that that notch thing was actually offered by a, uh, a a Navy SEAL. I met this guy at a shot show. Geez, must have been about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was a, a lieutenant, and um, he was responsible with getting uh, uh, Spencer to put that slot in there. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of ingenious. I mean, but it, but I thought it was on the big one. I don't. I didn't think it was on the little knife. I thought it was on the big knife. Did you ever get up one with a slot in it? No, I never did. <laughs> so, um, and that was uh, I ordered it and I actually paid the extra money, but I did not get sent the right one. So I'm now, not. Now I'm, you didn't. You didn't order that from Knife Ship Free. No, God, no. Yeah, they, he yeah, wouldn't have see, made that mistake. He would have done. He would. Yeah, exactly. Um, he would have made. He, but you know, it's one of the it's one of the other places that I order from quite frequently, so I'm not going to burn them and say who it was. You know, you can make mistakes, so yeah. whatever. And it I wasn't going to keep it anyway. I was just I was going to give it away. I just wanted to copy that sheath. Part. Yeah. So it's no big deal. Well, it's interesting that uh, it's interesting that I'm not actually running across one that has that notch on it. I, and I know that they, I know that they made them. Yeah. Well, I think they must have run out of them or something after that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you that know? could be. Yeah, because I think, I think probably everybody and their dog ordered one of those, and I got, I, I ordered it the day after I saw it, which was like a week after it opened. And so, you know, I just got hosed. Well, you know, you know what's what's wild is I'm looking at Google Images here, and I'm not even seeing a. Oh, there's one. The first one. I see. It's like halfway down the page, and there's one with the with the notch in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's on a that's on a full size sog knife, not not the little. No, one. it's supposed to it's supposed to come on the seal pup elite as well. Huh. Supposedly. Um, but yeah, the the story that I got as to why they put that in there is like dudes were taking their knife out to cut like something and getting cut. Hey, I wonder if that's our guest. That'd be our guest. Okay. Hang on. Yep, yep. Call from Buck. Well, hello. Hello. Okay. We're on the phone with uh, Mr. Mike Stewart from Bark River Knives, and we're going to try to ask you a little bit of uh, what's going on this weekend up there. Okay. Hello, folks. You hear him okay, Kyle? Yeah, I can yeah, hear him. Maybe put it a little closer to the deal for him. Okay, how's that? Is that better? Yeah, that's, yeah, good. that's good. Excellent. So, uh, so you're uh, going to, you've got a, a grind in this, this weekend. Yes, sir. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are already arriving. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> Kyle, you're... What, what happened there? Oh, it's just another phone call coming in. Yeah, somebody's yeah, trying to call in over the top of you. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's okay. So, yeah, people are already starting to arrive. Uh, yeah, people are arriving, and uh, uh, I've got a picture more up at, at our uh, illustrious airport tonight. At, uh, the flight comes in at about 9.15. There's a few more on there. There's one guy coming in from Norway. Who's oh, coming wow. in from Norway? At, uh, Norway John from the Forum. Shut up. Yeah, he's flying in from, and, and uh, McKeel and Britt are here from, from Belgium. They're already here. Oh, cool. cool. What about the yeah, Russian, Russian guys? guys. <laughs> he's got here. He's, uh, um, he, he just came in from, from uh, down south, and he's, uh, he's, he's eyeing up the lawn. He thinks he's going to possibly cut the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> he always does that, though, this time of year, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He's like the first, yes, he he's like the first, it's like the first mowing up there. Yeah, yeah, it usually gets once... Unless, gets, unless he comes up for the September grind and then it gets hit again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's well, funny. Make it nice, uh, express it. It's overcutting the grass. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, Kyle had a question for you. Let's see if you can hear this. He's going to ask. So, do you have any... Um, usually, at least at the two grind-ins I've been at, you've had, like... Uh, some kind of special project knife, like the one it was a karambit, and then the last one it was the tracker knives. Do you have any special projects for this one? We we have those big uh, fourteen inch blade bush knives. Oh, cool! Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, there's there's probably around forty or fifty of those blanks, um, and then of course we're you know we have the bars of steel in different mm-hmm. sections. <laughs> that was that was an awesome project. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, if, if I ever cut some more of those out, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna make them just a little bit bigger and a little longer, more like the Dave Beck one. Yeah. 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 yeah stretch it. Yeah, I, I did that one just from seeing the pictures you guys put up. I never actually had one in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, I mean, I got darn close to it, but I couldn't tell the the ratio between the handle and the blade length. Yeah. So yeah. It probably probably needs to be about another inch longer. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it still it works still great. Works great. They're, they're, you know, you know, it it, it, it was a great, was a great knife. knife. Well, that so, was a lot of fun. Uh, when we actually built the rest of them, the uh, the guys weren't really enthused about putting that two inch wide hollow grind in it. Huh. <laughs> we did it, but I mean, they, they were less than enthused. They yeah. were not happy, huh? Well, it, it, you know, to put that in there by hand, you've got to just go. It's pretty much a straight plunge into about a two inch wheel. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it, you know, it's a little challenging. That's okay. Again, I, I would make that probably make that a complex. You you guys are talented. No, I have. I'm very blessed with good people. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Skittles, Skittles been, has been with me for 16 years, and Jimmy's been Jimmy's 30, and he's been making knives since he was 11 years old. Right. Wow.
Mm-hmm. So we're, we're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're training more people on grinding, but that takes a long time to really get them to see it because, as you two know, we don't use any fixtures. Yep. Yep. That, and that's, you know, you see a lot of guys out there that are that are making knives and they're not doing, they're, you know, they're, they're grinding them by hand, but they're using fixtures and they're, you know, and it's... Yeah, it's, we don't, it's all, it's all handheld and, and by, we don't even mark the center line. Yep. We, we, it's all done by eye. Yep. And uh, uh, once you master it, I mean, you don't really need to mark the center lines. At least I don't, and my guys don't. Yep. Um, well, I think, don't you think the numbers, the sheer numbers that they do, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys that are, that are stepping into this world, you know, they're, if they make 50 knives a week, they're lucky. Yeah, that's pretty strong for one guy, usually for a custom guy. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. And if you look at what you're doing, you know, each one of your guys is doing more than that each week. Well, yesterday we shipped 224 knives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the day before we 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 did 182 through the line mm-hmm. one day. So I mean it's <coughs> it, it takes a talent, but it's but it but you can be taught to do it. It's not something that that you have to like say. Well, I, I was born a, I was born a grinder or whatever. No, we we can we can teach people. And, yeah, um, we're gonna we're we're gonna have a little topic later in the podcast. We're going to have a, a topic later in the podcast that you'll know something about. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, and just to give you a hint of what it is, you were involved in a a thread on Jersey Devils with a guy who uh, claimed to be a idiot savant grinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that later. I just found out about all that yesterday, and I was, like, shocked and awed. So, um, um. Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys who say that they're knife makers, and then you look at their work, and um, I think I've seen better stuff made in prison. <laughs> <laughs> we say that a lot. We say that a lot. They're knife and name only. <laughs> I, I always marvel at the fact that, and then they show it, and then they actually sell it. Well, you know what used to crack me up is we would get guys when I had knife forms. We would get guys that would break into the market, and 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 they would they would flood a particular forum with you know like maybe an outdoor knife or something like that, some kind of a fixed blade knife, and and guys would buy them up, you know, and they'd be paying like a hundred fifty bucks for them or something like that, you know. This literally was, you know, just Joe Dokes never made a knife before, and all of a sudden he's selling like you know four of these things every other week and uh and then you go to a some kind of gathering and you see one of these things and you go <laughs> and you paid what for this <laughs> and whoever did the buying would say well yeah i know it was kind of i it looked better in the picture <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's actually it's, it's it's actually a psychology term now. 
You know, my my wife says to me all the time, you know, people get pissed off at me because I speak my mind a lot, and I'm usually not afraid to do it. And right. and usually I state the obvious. And and it's kind of it's funny because I think, well, why the hell isn't anybody else saying this? This this looks like shit. You know, why is everybody else saying that this looks great, and I'm the only one that's saying it looks like shit? And it really does look like shit. And so I get to be the bad guy and say, geez, guy, that looks like shit. <laughs> or, or you know, you probably shouldn't do that because, you know, it's just not a good idea. Well, no, it is a good idea. Well, no, 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 it's not. There's all these things that are going to go wrong, and within, you know, 30 seconds, all of them go wrong. It's like, man. Well, on Jersey Devil, as you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a super moderator on there, and it's very difficult at times. Because pe- people put that stuff up there, and it's just horrible. And I'm in the, being in the business, I'm really, if I criticize someone else's work publicly, people will automatically think that I'm just jealous or I'm putting yeah. down on a new knife maker. <laughs> so I very rarely ever comment on stuff. And when you see me comment on Jersey Devil, it's because I found something really nice. You know, uh, like maybe Sean Knowles will put up a knife, or, you know, Jason... Carter will put up, and I'll go, man, that's really nice. You know, I mean, you know, great proportion. I'll say that, about, and, but I, I'm serious because they're really good knives. On those other ones, I have a tendency of just not saying anything. Right. Because people misinterpret. People say, they'll say, well, you're just discouraging a new knife maker. You know, I said, well, if that knife didn't look like it, it got swept off off of an auto parts store floor after somebody dumped over a brake job, you know, I mean, then I, you know, I mean, they're, when people make things that are that ugly and that ill ground, and I mean, or ground in such a way that you couldn't cut anything with it if you hit it with a sledgehammer. Well, th- remember the remember the Klingon, yes, the Klingon brake tool. What what the heck brake was adjusting tool? Right. <laughs> I still have that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually funny for a long time. But see, no one knew. Not no one. A lot of people had no idea. That by, but when, when we made that, we were illustrating how bad you could make something. And people would still say it looks good. People were saying, oh, that's pretty neat looking. You know, oh. And I said, well, it's a Klingon air brake adjuster. And hmm. they would say, yeah, that's, that's, that's really a good one. So, <laughs> like, have they seen other ones? <laughs> <laughs> Are there a lot of those? And I didn't know it. Yeah, that's the... Well, and you know what I think too. Part of this is is it is this is an art form, and if you if you study any kind of art, you'll always find stuff that you think sucks, and other people think is really good. Exactly. And and uh, I mean, I always try to. I mean, if it passes the rules to make a knife, is one thing. But when it enters into the realm of well, that's an art or a fantasy knife, or and you're trying to pawn that off as a knife. Then I have, then I I tend to have issues with it. But, but you know, you look at some of the engravings that are done on knives that are, you know, they they meet the criteria for being a cutting utensil, but you would never use them as such. Right. That's a lot of stuff Ricky deals with. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, and you know, gold inlay, deep relief engraved. Nobody's going to use that, but it's right. absolutely 
from an art standpoint. Right. But if you had to, but the thing is though is if you had to use it as a knife, you could use it as a knife. Right. If the zombie apocalypse happened and that was the only knife you had was the one that had uh, you know the three horse or the four horsemen of the apocalypse engraved in the in the blade, hand engraved in the blade and scrimshot into that ivory handle, um, you could still use that to defend yourself. Right. As opposed to some of the Klingon-looking things that are sold for really high dollars, and you go, if I try to cut something with this, I will cut myself. Right. And to be honest with you, those don't bother me as much, as long as the workmanship is good. and they're. But when I see somebody making shiny, crooked things, all misground, and uh, with impossible cutting geometry, and, you know, like half of it's not ground at all, and uh, there's, you know, uh, slag all over the, the, the thing, that's where I have an, an issue. I mean, everybody knows that I started making knives like 37 years ago. No one ever saw the first few knives I made. <laughs> I didn't try to sell them. I didn't show them to anybody. Most of them went right in the dumpster. Because until I learned how to make something that actually looked like a knife, Yep. And functioned like a knife. I didn't try to sell any. I didn't try to do anything with it. I didn't give it to friends. I gave it to Mr. Dumpster. Because, you know, that that's the way I feel about it. And, yeah. I mean, you, you should be proud of your craft, but until you learn your craft, you might want to just not give out everything that you made. Right. Right. True enough. When's, what's Jimmy's next knife that he's coming out with? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't tell you. Hang on, I'm on a podcast. How are you? Lisa Corbin just came in. Oh, well, we won't keep um, you much longer because we know you got a big pile of people coming in there, and I'm. I can't, I can't possibly tell you what Jimmy's coming out with next. It's going to be a surprise. Yes. And uh, all I can tell you is that the the spring box have gone over really, really well. Yeah, that's a great knife. That's a great. Did um. Is uh, is he thinking uh, along the line razor line with a with a model? A more, yeah, he's going to do razors, but the the uh, uh, he's still learning those those proportions we talked about. Yep. Where the, the height and the thickness and the height of the grind. Yep. Uh, the, the one he just made, I think, is absolutely perfect. Yep. You know what's interesting uh, about razors? I was talking to uh, um, Jim Armand. Who was grinding for one of the one of the razor companies? And he said that he said it's funny how a lot of times people will go at their their razor and they won't they don't put a piece of tape on the spine and they and just by honing the spine a little bit they actually ruin the blade and you can't because your your point of reference goes away. Yep, that's exactly what he said. He said your point of reference goes away and it's all done. He said then you're then you'll never get it right. Well, Jim, it's just like you and I when we discuss why certain axes work and certain don't. Yep. There's there's a formula there, and yep. maybe we can't put it on paper, but we know it when we see it, and we know how to achieve it. And when you stray too far from that formula, you end up with either an axe that won't bite, an axe that won't throw chips, or an, or an axe that is not accurate. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's a formula there, and when you stray too much from it, uh, the performance goes way down and noticeably down. Yep. That is correct. That is correct. Um, 
So we're having steaks tomorrow night. Yep, and, you, and you're not going to be here to cook them because nope. you're late. Nope, and, but save me some. I'm sticking Kovac on, on, on cooking them. Yeah, save me some. Oh, yeah, there'll be some left over. And, uh, over 100 fillets. And <laughs> has, does Mike know how to operate a grill? Yes, he does. Okay. We'll find out. We're going to hold, we're gonna hold him to that. <laughs> we're going to hold him to that. Who, <laughs> Mike? No, Lisa Corbin. Oh. He says she's been known to grill a few things. Okay. That's what, when, when people are from Long Beach, they cook outside a lot. They're not yeah. Long Beach. <laughs> Redondo Beach, yeah, she's from Redondo Beach. They don't ever cook inside. No. I don't even think they have kitchens in their house, do they? Oh, my yeah, God. They don't even have a kitchen there. They cook outside all the time. That's what I thought. Do that too here, but we it's 15 hours. <laughs> Well, we're looking forward to it. There's no doubt. We're looking forward to it, no doubt. Yeah, well, uh, we're waiting for you and Kathy to get here. And Kyle, you got to come up. You got to bring Gretchen with you. Yeah, I think um, the September, the Jersey Devil one. That that one's good just for the people watching. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get up here either a day early or stay a day or two late, I'd love to take you guys over on the Skeet and Trap field. Um, I, I might be able to change your life. Yeah, teach us teach us some stuff. You know, I'm I'm just kind of a self-taught uh, hunter. You know, I'm not really <laughs> I, I I really you know it, that's the only time I've ever been on a trap range in my life. The rest of it's just been some guy sitting in the back of a pickup with a handheld launcher throwing them. You know, <laughs> throwing them. Yeah, it's a little it's a little bit different than that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you if you actually got into it and you shot sporting clays. Pheasants look like a flying refrigerator to you. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that's I I've never missed a pheasant, but when I shot my round, I I only hit nineteen of twenty five. You know, so I I missed six of them, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed those because they were easy, what I would consider to be an easy shot, but apparently it wasn't. <laughs> you know, I hit a twenty four twenty five straight when I was. Uh, I must have been 12, and I hit it. I I hit it with a model 12, 12 gauge. Wow! Wow! Winchester model 12, 12 gauge. Serious pumping. What's that? You're doing some serious pumping yeah. with yep. model 12. Yep. Yep. Back in the old, I still have that gun. Long, my long tournament string is five. Wow! Wow! Straight. 567 straight bird. Wow! Then you would have you would have been. Uh, you would have been national champion level if you're doing that. That's amazing. Um, actually, you'd be surprised. It's, there, there are an awful lot of people who could do that. Um, oh. And uh, it's just it's just a matter of getting in the routine of it and understanding the mechanics. I mean, just like anything else, like using an axe or using a knife. There's, and you're an expert at body mechanics. Once yeah. Once I show you the body mechanics involved, you you won't you won't miss anything. No. Yeah, I'll you know, get a lesson from, from you. From you. Yeah, that'd be fun. And here's here's the other thing, Jim and I have to start uh, brainstorming now for that uh, Jersey Devil grind in to see if we can come up with something crazy <laughs> to grind. <laughs> That's the right place for it. Yeah. 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 I bet you they, you know, because there was only three of us that ground the tracker at at uh, the last one, but I bet you if if 
if it had been that Jersey Devil one, every every single one of those would have been ground, you know. Well, like, I can have Larry cut some more of those out. It's not a problem. <laughs> but we, we've got to come up with something else, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to... We'll, we've got until September to to think right. about you know, it. I was thinking it. of uh, maybe a, 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 like a 300,000 thick small double-bit axe. Oh, cool! <laughs> how, how about a how about a gut hook? How about not a gut hook? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think about gut hooks too. Well, I I'll 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 explain my obje- objections to them later on the podcast here. Um, so that'll be a topic for later in the show today. But uh, yeah, that is yeah. funny. All right, guys. All hey, right, we'll hey. talk to you soon. Okay, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks very much. Right, bye bye. Have a good yeah. one. Knives Ship Free is the best place to buy knives, period. We only carry the best stuff, everything is in stock, and everything ships for free. But the best thing about Knives Ship Free is that we care about knives and we care about you. So go to KnivesShipFree.com for an amazing selection of the knives you love. Good egg. Yeah, he's Mike fun. Is a good egg. <laughs> yep. People love it when he comes on too. So. Yeah, he knows a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the that's the thing with him. He knows a lot, yeah. and um, been around the business for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, so back to that. Uh, um, now, I I didn't officially call that guy a douchebag. No, that we I, we weren't talking about him. You were talking about this other guy. Yeah. This other guy that we know, Jim no. is not talking about this guy that I'm about to talk about. So um, there's been some drama in the knife podcast world, <laughs> and I, uh, uh, I'll, I'll give the background and everything and and what I understand of the situation as it is today. Okay, so um, Knife Thursday is a is now, now not to interrupt you. Did you? Did you talk to those guys at all? I sent them an email um, asking for information. They've had uh, over 24 hours now to respond, and they didn't. So I'm okay. just gonna. So let me let me just give the story here. So okay, Knife Thursday is is uh, one of my favorite knife related podcasts. I listen. I've listened to every episode except I'm not quite up up to date yet. Um, I had some travel and I got kind of out of sorts with listening to my podcast. So that one, and then I like um, Anthony Scalabrini's yep. uh, uh, Gear, Gear Geeks, Geeks Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like his. So those are the two that I like the best. Listen to them pretty religiously. And I, I actually want, I'm going to send an email to Anthony Scalabrini to try to get um, that character on the phone. Because Anthony Scalabrini is a lawyer. And he will question you, and you won't know you're being questioned, and you'll say something, and 
you didn't mean to say it, but you said it. <laughs> so, uh, I know I, he, he's he's trying to get me on his on his show. You got to go on and, there, and and it's and it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just that we haven't we've been having scheduling issues. Yeah, well, his his show is great, um, and but I've listened to a couple things where he's he's asked a question, and the way he asks the question is seemingly innocent. You know, he he says it in such a way that it's not challenging. And then what well, it's, happens? It's, is, it's like he'll ask the question, um, Kyle. When did you stop beating your wife? Right. Well, that's a that's a, that's that's different. So that's <laughs> when you ask me that. That's a challenging question, and it comes off as challenging, and I, it would put me on the defensive, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, basically, what you're referring to is a question assuming an answer, basically. Um. But. Uh, the way he does it, he does it in such a way that you don't know you're being led down this particular path. And one interview where that happened was uh, the Kershaw interview. Yeah. Which. <laughs> well, I think that there was alcohol involved in that too. There was, but 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 still, the questioning was cleverly done, and you got the result that you got. Um, mm-hmm. So I want him to get this guy on. So anyway, Knife Thursday and and. Uh, uh, Geeks Live are the two podcasts I listen to. I went to uh, update my iPad uh, to download some Knife Thursday podcasts, and they were already on my iPod, but I was trying to get them on the iPad so I could listen to them uh, while I was waiting for surgeries to start and stuff. And I looked, and Season 2, Episode 1 said, Removed. And... Uh, I'm like, I'm like, and and it was like, you know, they're only on episode five, and so I'm like, well, crap. I wonder why they removed that. And then I went and found my iPod, and it was still on my iPod. So I listened to it, and it didn't sound just just if listening to it. And I gave Jim the file, so Jim hasn't listened to it yet. But listening to it, I didn't hear anything particularly um, off-putting or controversial on there. Um, towards the end of the episode, um, the one of the guys got a little bit testy um, when he was asked about something, and I, I'm going to get into this whole story. But other than that, I didn't see any reason to remove it. Okay, so I'm going to read what he what he wrote on here. Yeah. After removal, he said, "I have decided to shelf season two, episode one. Maybe one day it will resurface as a." remastered lost episode or something. Thank you for understanding, Chris. Yeah. So, and then they dropped some hints later on in, an, in another episode that they might not be entirely happy with that guy. So the guy they were entering, interviewing is a guy that I don't know, never met, but I just found him on Instagram, and I, I, I have started following him. And if you're not on Instagram, get on Instagram, because <laughs> all the every knife company, every knife guy has an Instagram thing, and they'll put up photos of stuff they're working on, so you can see behind the scenes kind of what guys are working on. And I've actually started doing that. Um, but the guy's name is Paul Balzano, B-A-L-Z-A-N-O, and uh, he gave some background history. He um, his dad was a, a guy last same last name Balzano from New York. Met his mom. And then uh, his mom moved out to L.A. with him, and he basically didn't know his dad until, like, two years ago. And he had a different last name up until, like, you know, a few years ago when he met his dad, and then he changed it to his dad's name. His dad was uh, 
some sort of a crazy industrial engineer, but he worked with like art engineer stuff, you know. So he did uh, crazy stuff like art direction and these sorts of things. Well, that's it's as it turns out, that's what Paul Balzano did. He worked in Hollywood and worked on all these animation series and uh, did all these. Um, you know, cartoons and art directing this, and he he art directed some big, huge like Universal theme park or something like that. Some big, you know, two hundred million dollar project he art directed for. So the guy's got some definitely, you know, big design credentials. And uh, one of the things that he said that made me start paying attention is uh, the difference between designing with true arcs and designing with splines. And uh, it, it doesn't doesn't do a lot for me to explain that to somebody who doesn't do design. I do some design and and stuff, so I I know what he was talking about. But basically, if you want to see the difference between if you want to see something designed with true arcs versus splines, look at the old Ferraris. You know, like the 50s and 60s Ferraris were all designed with true arcs, and so the curves are much more pure and much more graceful looking and it just looks different than a lot of the stuff that is being designed today and so I've actually started looking into doing some design that way um, so actually just that little portion of that podcast was pretty pretty inspirational to me because I'm going to change the way I do some stuff based on that um, Anyway, so he did this and that, and he did all this design stuff, and he's got real design creds. So Nike hired him to design a knife. Nike, the company, like shoes, Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan. They said, okay, well, you need to design us a knife and then source a maker to make it. And so he designs this knife, and he says, well, shit, I have all this stuff from my dad. He's got like three or four or five access... uh, you know, CNC machines, he's got water jets, all this stuff that's basically he's got sitting there doing nothing. He says, well, I can make this. So he designed it, made the prototype, sent it to Nike, and then it, it went into a box somewhere and never got produced. But they were going to have this knife that fit into a little pocket on the inside of this boot. <laughs> you know, so pretty neat idea. And the knife that he designed was like a Warncliffe pattern. Um, pretty neat little thing. But anyway, so he designed that. That knife, it never went into production. Then he goes on two different forums that I'm on, but I don't participate in a whole lot because I'm busy in my shop. One of them is Usual Suspects Network, and the other is Jersey Devils. Um, I will occasionally um, lurk at those places, but they are... um, It's like uh, playing around with cobras. (laughs) You know, like, it, it can go very badly for you unless... Unless you do everything absolutely right, so and this guy's this guy's problems are like case in point as to why I don't spend a lot of time commenting on forums because he did exactly what I am afraid of doing. So he goes on there onto USN, and I haven't read the USN threads, but apparently it was like some major meltdown disaster over there. So then he goes over to Jersey Devils. And he gets on this, uh, the Balasong Alliance, J-D-B-A, Balasong Alliance. So Balasong, for people that don't know, is a butterfly knife. And there's these guys that all they want to do is flip these butterfly knives, and they're like ninjas at them, and they're like totally Those awesome. guys are like, out of all of the knife industry, I think those guys are the most passionate yeah. of, all of, the, of all of the collectors. 
right in the in this realm. They're they're like a whole not and all they collect is is not all, but for the most part, what they collect is ballad songs, and and flipping is part of that. Right, and it's this whole culture. It's a whole part of whole part of the knife world that I have not gotten into. I had a I had a butterfly knife in college that I used to flip around when I was studying. Um, but it was one of those cheap ones you bought at the Army Surplus Store with the brass handle. Um, but mm-hmm. reading this thread that I'm going to tell you about actually got me interested in ballast songs, and I might buy one. <laughs> um, so anyway, this Paul Balzano guy goes on there, and uh, he writes, um, well, I'm going to make like the world's greatest ballast song and all this, and it's going to blow away the industry and all this, and I'm going to do it for 280 bucks." And if you Google Paul Balzano knife, B-A-L-Z-A-N-O, knife, um, the first thing that's going to come up when you Google search it is a 48-page thread from from Jersey Devils. It's the number one hit if you Google this guy. So I read every post in all 48 pages, and I was, like, shocked. <laughs> I mean, it was such a cluster. You know, it's it's the perfect example of why... I mean, it's everything that I have been trying to avoid by making knives. You know, he he went on there having never produced knife number one, with no pictures, with nothing, and then said, I'm going to make the best thing ever, and I'm only going to do it for $280. And what he was talking about doing was making a a ballast song uh, that's CNC'd out of, uh, the handles would be titanium, and they were going to do a channel in there instead of a stacked one. And Mike in the thread explains um, how to do a stacked one, and even that sounded like crazy complicated. But a, an actual channel ballet um, is even worse. And you know, there's and Mike was trying to explain like, you know, hey, there's um, here's the problems you want run into when you try to machine titanium that you don't get with steel, and and you know, it's a big there's a lot to think about, you know, and and the kind of the way that Balzano uh, answered that was to say, well, you're wrong. I'm going to do it different. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, what experience leads you to believe that you can do it different? Like, where's your knife? And so he kept saying over and over again, well, I'm going to make this knife. I'm going to do it like this week. And then, like, he made this thing where he was going to show up at Blade Show in 2013 with five of the prototypes. And uh, the day before Blade Show, he got some piece of titanium in his eye and then couldn't go to Blade Show. And then, of course, there were people saying, well, you know, that's awful convenient, blah, blah, blah. And as as far as I've been able to tell, he never did make the knife. Although his Instagram stuff from the last couple days, he's 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 showed his, his uh, mill making some stuff. and So who knows, maybe. Uh, and I he commented on... Knife Thursday taking down the thing, and so I asked him on there, well, why did they take it down? He didn't answer. And then uh, I asked the Knife Thursday guys, why did you guys take this down? And they haven't answered, and it's been uh, 24 hours or whatever. Uh, so, you know, they they just may not have gotten it or whatever. Um, so, well, it's, it's kind of interesting because they, guys like that crack me up because it's like they they've not been in the industry they really don't have a handle on what's been done or what's being done, mm-hmm. and then they think they reinvent the, they invented the wheel when it's already the wheel's already been invented. 
Right, and they th- they think that they can go and just magically put a bunch of programs into a computer, and it's going to make this perfect knife. And, and they're going to defy, and it's going to defy gravity. And it's going to be like snap, 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 and everything is going to work perfectly, and there's not going to be any problems. And uh, you know, like this goes back to something I've said earlier in the pod, in in earlier episodes, is people don't know what they don't know. You know, yep. and they think they know, but they really don't. And so, like, you know, there's there's all kinds of things. That's why I make a prototype every time I make a new kind of blade. Is like you figure out on that prototype, okay, well, this idea isn't going to work. Um, this I need to do differently. I need to do it this way. I'm going to change this little design feature because it looks like um, it looks like shit in the actual in, in actual production. It looked good on paper, but it does not look good when you actually make it. You know, but he he started running and saying all this shit about how it was going to be great before he made knife number one. Right. You know, and so y- you can read that thread for yourself. It's it's like very entertaining, and it's it's everything not to do. <laughs> you know, you, did he did he post in there? Yeah, he did, and he posted some pretty inflammatory stuff in there. Yeah, that's funny. You know, and so you know, I. I'll let people read that for themselves and make their own judgments, but uh, it was, uh, you know, that's, like you were saying, that's like one of the most passionate groups of knife people going. And it's a hard group to, once you earn that reputation of being an asshole... You're not going to lose you, it. You, you don't lose it. Yep. There's nothing you can do to make up for that. Yep. And, and that's one of the things, like, it doesn't even... And then... You know, I looked around on the site a little more, and it doesn't even look like he fired the first shots. It looked it looked like, you know, he introduced himself, and he was being fairly nice, and then some guy posted something kind of derogatory in one of the threads, and then he fired back, and then everybody dogpiled, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's it's just one of those things. I don't even think that he necessarily did anything intentionally or whatever it's just it went so terribly wrong for him that again that's another reason why i don't spend a lot of times on forums so maybe he didn't legally change his name to uh balzano balzano well that's that's what he goes by he's got balzano knives although the website is down well yeah but he but he changed his name just two years ago to balzano right Well, several years ago but he's got imd and you can listen to the details of all of that on the knife thursday podcast um just make sure i don't have some of the details wrong it may have been 12 years ago but he he says what his his previous name was and you can google and verify all of the film credits and things that he's got um but i i got a kick out of I mean, the designs that he was drawing and that show up on his Instagram feed, even like he put something up today, actually looked fairly, I mean, they looked pretty neat. You know, I liked the lines and everything. And now I don't know whether they'd be functional. You know, I think they were visually attractive. Um, and, and whether or not that would work in, in production and, and perform well in the hand is another thing entirely. But... Uh, I, I really like the visual aspects of his uh, of his work, so that's my take on it, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You know, there's a Paul Bazzano that's a card player. Yeah, poker player. It's not him. Um, actually, under his own name, I think he's scrubbed clean a lot of stuff. But he is 
it's Balzano Knives on Instagram. And if you if you find me on there, it's just I'm just Kyle Versteg, K Y L E V E R S T E E G. If you find me, he's one of the people I'm following, so you can find it through there and you can see his stuff. Um, I really, really hope that he's able to successfully produce a knife someday because, like, if he can get it, if he can produce what he says he can, like, it, it really is going to be pretty cool. Like, I wouldn't mind buying one of those Bala songs um, and, and learning to play with those a little bit more than I have. But, uh, yeah, see, I don't, I, I don't do that. Yeah, I, know. I don't, I don't, you know, that it's just not something that I'm. Yeah, it's just not your thing. Yeah, yep, it's not, it's nothing wrong with it, and, and I, I appreciate them, but they're just, they're just not my, my gig. Now, maybe if I had one and I was dicking around with it for days on end, might be a different story, but. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah. But I, I just like, I just would like to be able to pull one of those out and like go, sh- 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 like that, and do all this crazy stuff, and then put it back in my pocket like I'm all slick. <laughs> <laughs> You're all, all of that, and a bag of chips. That's right. So, when, so when I go up there this weekend, I'm gonna hang a double bitted axe. Oh, I got nice. found a really nice, uh, a, a really nice uh, hickory handle that's uh-huh. almost clear. I mean, it's amazing. Wow. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get that uh, get that hung and get a, du- a nice double bit of axe uh, polished up. Sweet. You gonna make yeah, a besides, knife or? I don't know. I, you know, Mike is a little bit uh, short-handed with the help this year. This this grinding for some reason. I, I a lot of things are people have gotten stuck here and there, and they can't. They're not gonna be around to help like yeah. they would have normally been. And so I think Kathy and I are going to help out quite a bit this year, or try to help out quite a bit this year with stuff. So I'm not going to have a lot of time to build a lot of stuff. So yeah, that's I, honestly that's probably what I'll do uh, when I come up in September is just try to chill. You know, I mean it's nice. It is nice to to throw together a nice knife yeah. while you're there. But you know, I mean I have so much stuff that I'd rather do something like. Um, like I said, finish the hanging you know, axe, hang, hang axe or something like that because you have all those tools that you're, yeah. you know, I've got I've got an axe, I got a double bitted axe that's probably from the 40s, mm-hmm. and I was really wrestling with taking the whole thing and polishing it all up, and just not not taking out the the maker mark on it. Yeah. But then I was thinking, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that and t- change the value of it or something and. Well, if you're going to keep it, what do you care? It's only valuable yeah. to you. Yeah, that's so true. So you want it to That's the way I look at stuff is like And that. you know, and you know what's funny is is you look at a a Roddy, you know, the axe collectors, I think they get they they can get a little pissy if you change the take off the patina and polish them up real tight, but I think what ends up happening is if you take an axe head and you polish it up nice, mm-hmm. really really nice, you could probably sell it for more than what the axe collectors are willing to pay to a non-axe collector. Yeah. Does that make sense? It sure does. When you when you make them really good looking, um, everybody wants them. Mm-hmm. I mean, my oxen cop is like that. I mean, people never even heard of that brand before, and they look at it and they go, "God, I want that." Yeah, they. That, that's just out I want that. that. <laughs> I just want that thing. Yep. You know. 
And so I think I, that this double bitted axe I got is a, is a nice one. And I may even take the, I had that other big Paul Bunyan one. Did I show you that when you were here? No. That gigantic one. I've got like the biggest double bitted axe I think I've ever seen. I mean, it's like Paul Bunyan's Jeez. Uh, axe. It's huge. And it, and it's a, um, I got it out of a, a camp, a lumber camp that a friend of mine, uh, her father owned it. And uh, I don't know if it was if it was left there or you know it was just part of the part of the show. But it's bigger than any axe I've ever seen. Any real? I mean, you see the ones that are kind of fakey, but but any real axe that actually earned a living, mm-hmm. it's bigger than any one I've ever seen before. I mean, it's huge. And um, I was kind of half-assed thinking about. It's got a couple nicks in the in the in the in the uh, cutting edge, and I th- kind of thought about grinding those out and fixing the end of it a little bit, and then polishing the shit out of that one too, and rehang because it's got a kind of a we've got some tape on the handle and that kind of stuff. And I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just rehang that one too. Right. But so, but I'm kind of I'm kind of torn about that one. In in the. You know, since we're kind of talking about uh, regrinding and and fixing up stuff, uh, the guy that did the leather sheaths for my Bowies, um, Dwayne Keith Puckett, uh, with the last batch of sheaths, he sent along his uh, Tom Brown tracker. Ah. And so I took that and uh, put the hollow grind in the draw area and a full convex up front. And uh, I loved it. You know, I was playing with it like... It was uh, it was pretty good performer edge wise. Um, I probably would have changed the handle, but he didn't ask for that. He just wanted the blade uh, reprofiled. So I did that, and there's some pictures of that up on my Facebook and stuff. And I did a little video of it. Speaking of Dwayne, did did I send you pictures of my bike with the with his saddlebags on it? Uh huh. I'll have, to, so. I'll have to do that. I took, you know, he has, he, I got a set of saddlebags from him years ago. I mean, literally, it was before he even had a leather, uh, a name die. Uh-huh. He didn't have a punch with his name on it at all. Hmm. And he, he, he actually signed it with a uh, Sharpie marker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's how old it is. Yeah. So, um... And it's and I've had it's a set of saddlebags. It doesn't have any saddle rings. I mean, it doesn't have any tie rings on it and that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of a a set of saddlebags that really would be difficult to use as a set of saddlebags. <laughs> so, but they're but they're not, they're like little messenger bags. Cool. And so I I took them and took them apart. So there's a right and a left, and they were they were um, threaded together with with uh, leather leather. Uh, Strapping. Hey, and they fit on the. Go ahead. I gotta take five minutes. All right. I gotta return a call here. All right.
Okay, you're back? Yeah, sorry about that. I had to return a medical call, so... Right. Yeah, so he's got some... You've got some old-school... Leather messenger bags on my bike. Nice. Yeah, they actually look really good. I'll send you a picture of it. Sweet. I, I don't have them mounted on it yet, but... But you'll get a good idea what it what it is that I'm going to do with them. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I don't know if I mentioned it on the phone or not, your um, dried beef. Yeah. Why would you wreck that with a cream sauce? <laughs> well, that I just I wanted to make uh, chip beef on toast. I made that whole. I ate that whole damn package, one slice at a time. Yeah. Well, it's that good. Oh man. Yeah, man. Oh, I man, got, oh, man. The, I I got am, the secret to dried beef. I am definitely going to. Um, right now, I'm kind of in the market for a a pop cooler. I think would work pretty well um, because you could you can set it at a certain temperature, you know, 60, 55 degrees, mm-hmm. and uh, and and put a. Um, uh, plywood over the doors yeah so that so that the sunlight doesn't get into it mm-hmm. and then a drying pan in the bottom that you can take out and clean and then just put a rack in it so you can hang meat in there yeah and you could dry age beef and you could or the other thought was actually to put a dehumidifier in there what do you think of that yeah i don't know um with the i don't remember how uh, i did exactly that uh dry-aged beef, but I have a video up that shows the the entire process of it. Um, but I think, uh, I think you once you, you, you refrigerate it for a bit, and then, then you just hang it in the basement. Right. I don't have a basement. Well, a, a cool spot then. Right. That's what I, that's why the cooler. Yeah, I don't, I, that may be overkill. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I don't know how you keep something at 60 or 50 degrees. Yeah, you don't want it to get over. I think you say in your video that you don't want to get it over like sixty to sixty degrees. I think is the. Yeah, I don't remember the number, but it wasn't it wasn't that cool, but it wasn't that warm. Yeah, I mean, you, you, but uh, and then the other key thing is the type of uh, preservative that you get. You have to get uh, you have to get the right thing, and I say what it is in the video. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. like Tender Quick, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember if I did it. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but but that that was like a fantastic. That dried beef is bomb ass. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's the best dried beef I've ever had. But yep, that was extremely good. And like I said, it was it was so good I couldn't imagine. I was trying to think of something. You know, when I first opened up the package, I was like, I want to figure out something I can make with it. And I I had a taste of it. I was like, oh no, 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 no. We're not gonna. <laughs> We're not going to muck this taste up at all with anything. <laughs> it was good. It was real good. Yeah. Now, the question is, how long in that sealed compartment, in that sealed package, at room temperature, how long will that last? Indefinitely? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think it's indefinite, but I think I think with the preservative on there and the fact that it's dried... You know, I think I think definitely in the fridge you're fine. Yeah. You know, but and I think at room temperature, I'd I'd certainly be comfortable treating it about like beef jerky. Yeah. Homemade beef jerky. So like a week maybe. 
Yeah, it just depends. I mean, I've, I mean, if I've it, had I beef mean, jerky what, what at was, room temp it was for... Ve- it was vacuum sealed, so it would, yeah. it would be, you know... Well, I've had beef jerky at room temperature for a lot longer than a week, and yeah. been just fine with it, but... Um, you know, I don't doesn't know it, what doesn't it matter on the level of moisture that you have in it? Yeah, I think you'd, you'd have to ask. Um, you'd have to ask like your there's there's places to ask for that, and I don't yeah. I don't know what they are, but I do I do. Um, that's like in my future. I'm going to make some of that. That was really quite good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. That was really quite good. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what else you got going on? Oh, um, the second knife I ever made came back for. A spa treatment. Oh, really? Yeah, the um, it was a lawnmower blade Prang. The second mm-hmm. one I ever made went to Jonathan Eldridge, mm-hmm. and he's used it for a few years. There's nothing wrong with the blade, um, but uh, because I didn't have like a, a powerful grinder at the time, and because I had to, it, it, it's forged, you know, so there were some dents in the handle and things, and I didn't have a really a, a grinder that would take that out and I didn't want to mess with it so I left some of the dents in there so and I filled them up with epoxy well some of the epoxy in some of those dent areas has chipped out uh-huh. um, the handle is still tight the, the scales don't move there's nothing wrong with it but cosmetically he, uh, the epoxy chipped out so what I'm going to do is I'm going to drill the handle off um, it's got peened brass pins and I'm going to drill those out, and then I'm going to try to get that handle off. I think if I put it in the deep freeze for a couple hours and then hit the handle scale with a hammer after the pins are drilled out, it should pop right off. And then I'm going to grind that tang flat, and then I'm going to put uh, plain canvas micarta on there mm-hmm. for him. Because he wanted to, I said, well, I'll put whatever you want on there. And he said, you know, well, I thought I about. I just you just reminded me of something. I have a box of micarta scales here for you. Yeah, I know I, that I bought. I need from, to package them up. Well, you don't or have to send them, send or them. you don't have to send them because I still have to get my tent, and I'm going to be up there anyway. You ain't getting your tent back. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting your tent back. <clears throat> well, I have to come back Sorry. up there anyway. Um, so I'll, I'll just you, get them. I, I may let you borrow the tent. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. Yeah. I'm just teasing you. But yeah, so I have to I have to go uh, up there eventually anyway to get get that, and I'll just pick them up there. But okay, so I'm gonna do that probably this afternoon. Try to get that at least ninety percent of the way done, and then uh, this weekend I'm finishing those damn Bowies. And damn uh, it, get them done. What the I know. I just well, it's because one thing comes up and then another thing two, comes up. Two week vacation here, climbing mountains. Two week vacation here, doing this. Two week vacation here, doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you know. Get those so, knives done, damn it. I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish <laughs> those this weekend, and then I've got the next project that I'm not gonna say what it is until they're well underway. But um, all of the Bowies are sold. There's except for three. Um, I'm going to put a video up. I'll probably only sell two of those so that I have one to take to Blade next year. Um, so that I have an example of a Bowie there. And then, have, uh, you, have you heard any drama about what happened to Blade? I haven't heard shit about Blade. I, I have been so out of the loop. Um, I mean, I spent the last week in an area there's no internet. <laughs> yeah. So I, I literally am, you know... I didn't hear anything crazy, did you or No. Yeah, so I don't nope. know. 
Nope, didn't hear nothing. I heard, uh, I, I did hear that uh, a few of our friends um, didn't sell enough to pay their room. Well, the room prices are crazy. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you go to a show like that and you don't sell enough to pay for your room, I'm not sure how it's advantageous to go to that. It isn't. Well, the the problem is, is like, I think the rooms were like, they said the rooms in that hotel were like $500 a night now. Um, is this somebody that I know, that you yeah. know too? Yeah. Um, okay, so then I know who it is, because I think I, I read something of somebody bitching about that. But Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the problem is then what you need to do is stay off site. You know, if yeah, how how does that work? I mean, that's kind of crappy. Why well, no? And you know, and so that's that's the thing is like, if I go down there, the the best I can really hope to do is break even. And the other thing is is like I, I'm t I'm so busy that it'd be hard for me to take advantage of any kind of a bump that I got from that. You know, right? Basically, I would go down there just to clear out my existing inventory, which I can do in two seconds anyway. Yeah. You know, but I kind of want to go just to say I had a table there one year or something, but I don't know. It's like the bucket list. Yeah, it's something I kind of wanted to say I showed at Blade or something. Yeah. And then, you know, but I, 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 the, the thing is, like, I don't have, I don't even, I get a knife done, I post a picture of it, and it sells, you know, so it's like, what, what do I really need to go to? blade for but you know i do kind of want to go just because then i can see all the the other well, stuff fun. that's there and it's it fun, to fun. Go there and yep it is fun there's but. a couple douchebags i don't really want to run into though but there's douchebags everywhere i know you can't avoid them we have one for a president mm. so we're gonna blow up a rock or i don't know i'm so sick of that i mean it's so disappointing um, you know, I was talking to another buddy of mine and talk about how much money we put into that country rebuilding their infrastructure, and now we're seeing fucking caravans, convoys of freaking MRAPs going into Syria now that the ISIS has. What are MRAPs? Um, those anti-mine vehicles. Okay. Those big trucks that you know, troop carriers that would carry, you know, 10, ten guys. Yeah, like half-track type things? or Well, yeah, but they have they have wheels, and they have a V-bottom on them so that if a bomb goes off underneath them, they <clears throat> they don't, uh, don't freaking kill everybody inside. Huh. But, you know, here we got, you know, convoys of them going, going now to Syria. It's like, what the... F are you kidding me? What is wrong with you people? You know, how much blood was spilled of our own blood there to, you know, to get that country back functional? And then just to stand there and say, oh, well, I don't know. I think we're just going to pull out everything, all the stops. I mean, the the base that I was on is is got to be gone now. I was up in Kirkuk. Yeah, it's all blowed up. Up in Mosul. I mean, that's that's all got to be gone. All the shit that my kid was doing in the in the east part of it is all gone hmm. you know I don't know how far south it is if Fallujah's fallen already or 
It's just, I don't know. I'm just sick. Well, elections have con- consequences. <laughs> well, I, I noticed that uh, Hillary is distancing herself now from from uh, from the this. I mean, from her. I mean, I don't know how the hell she can run for president with her. Um, this is her policy. With her record. Right. With this her is rec- her policy. She can't distance herself from that. That's yeah, hers. She was presiding over it while all of it was happening. So she can just calm her ass down. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I was like, how the hell do you... I don't even know how you distance yourself. I mean, she's so covered with that tar, it's not even funny. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, it was her her thing to to reset relationships with Russia. I mean, all this stuff was her. So. This is coming from the UK Telegraph. Iraq crisis. ISIS jihadists seize Saddam Hussein's chem- chemical weapons stockpile. Well, how did how oh. can they seize chemical weapons uh, stockpile if there were no weapons of mass destruction? I don't know. And where the I hell did know. Syria get them if there were no mass destruction weapons? Mm. I'll guarantee you that those weapons were in Syria. I well, it's just it's just sick. Where did just, Syria I'm, get them if not from Iraq? They went they they went that's where they came from. Right. But how can they have them if there were no me- weapons of mass destruction? Hmm. <laughs> that's the question, I don't know. Reality is not making sense. Reality must no. be racist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it I, I hate even to rant anymore because it it, it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> There's really nothing we can do about it. <laughs> Just bitch. <laughs> I, I know. It's like it's like why in the hell is this happening? How can how, how can we be that freaking retarded? Uh, and by retarded, Jim means that he had some bank line. He used retarded. it. The tar wore off, and he sent it back to the factory, and they retard it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna drag that bank line <laughs> through the tar baby that is Obama's administration. Oh boy. Do I need to take that out, or do they understand the story is not a racial story? What? Do they I, under did, the story of the tar you baby? Know what, you is know what's interesting about that? Do you think that that's a? Do you think that that's a racist? story? No, it's not. But will the will the listeners understand that that story was that that there was a a baby made a tar, and if you touched it, it got all sticky on you, and the more you tried to get away from it, the more you got sucked into it. Yeah. But well, if I, you say tar baby. Um, you know, there's, uh... Is that a racist slur now, too? I don't know. I, I don't know if it is or not, but, like, a tar baby, like, would be black. Like, theoretically, unless there's some other color of tar. And so, I don't know. I'm going to leave it in, because, really, like, the true meaning is, of the word is. tar baby and the story of the tar baby has nothing to do with race. So they right. can just calm their asses down. Right. It just means know. it's I, a big, I, I, sticky, hot mess, and you touch it, and it gets on you, and you can't get it off. Right. Yeah. And I can't believe that that uh, that Hillary has not had her tar had that tar baby all over her face. Well, the the media is absolutely cooperating, and and you know the thing is is like they're not they're not they're nobody is asking the question on the IRS emails. It's like. If I send you an email, okay, listen, Jim, listen. 
if I send you an email and my computer dies, it doesn't matter. Because the email doesn't originate from my computer. It originates from a server, and the server sends it to right. a server that you connect to, and then you download from the server. Right. So the email gets uploaded from my computer to a server, then that server sends it to another server, and then you download it from that server. Well, you cannot believe how many safeguards there are in our government email system so that this does not happen. They're just lying. That's and, all And they're is. relying on stupid people to, to think that if you send an email from your computer, that, it's, that if something happens to your computer, the email goes away. Yeah. Like they if, are so if, full if, of if, shit. If you delete the email in your inbox on Microsoft Outlet, Outlook, so, but you know the average person is so stupid they can't even run their cell phone. That's why there's such a thing as a jitterbug. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, and and they'll buy it, and the press won't call them on it because the press is a bunch of fucking collectivists. Yeah, and that's it, that's it, what it, it is. This is a fellow traveler thing. It is amazing to me that we're in this mess. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing to me that this is happening. I, I just <laughs> I, I, I I'm just beside myself. I can't even understand it. How like, many people are, are so ignorant about what this is what's really going on? Like how, but that's like that just def and, and nobody seems to be even the people that are questioning her, even the congressmen don't and I Daryl Issa and all these people, they don't seem to understand that all they would have to say is, Okay, well, your computer is gone, but what about the what about the server that your computer sent the email to, and what about the server that that server sent the email to, and what about the hard drive of the person that that uh, downloaded it from that second server? So there's at least e even if even if they never backed it up once, there are at least two other, three other <laughs> copies of the email in existence. So pony up, Missy. But even then, you have to believe that this comp that the that the IRS. That the I fucking R fucking S does not back up their shit. <laughs> you think for one goddamn instant that if you say, oh, I lost my 1040, yeah. you're going to say, oh, well, that's okay. We'll just look the other way. Yeah, well, what I do lost... You think, what do you think that you paid? Yeah, what, exactly. What, What's your Just estimate? try that. Yeah. Just try that. <laughs> try, try to not file a, uh, a, a W... Uh, what is it? A W-4... For our employees? Well, I filed it. No, you didn't. We don't have records of it. Where's your well, you copy must have of what you lost filed? It. It? Well, you yeah, must have you guys lost. You guys it. lost it. That's a you problem. You guys lose records all the time. IRS emails. Fuck you. Yeah. You know that's what that's that's what your response should be from now on. I filed my taxes last year. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Well, you guys lost Pro the IRS emails. So how do you know I, I didn't file them? Yeah, <laughs> prove I didn't. Yeah, prove I didn't. Fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, you know, it's like it's like you know that you're like we're sitting on this big ass freaking atomic powder keg, mm. and these monkeys are all running around with matches. Yeah, just waiting to, to you know, the uh, well, any minute they're gonna one of those monkeys is gonna freaking light the match and it's gonna blow up. It's gonna be summer sixty seven, sixty eight, sixty nine again. Unbelievable. That's what's going to happen. There's going to if you eliminate, if you if you corrupt the government to such a point, and then you eliminate all the all the ways of redress that people have to to make things right, you get you get civil disobedience. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, and like there, if you take away all of the avenues that we have to protest this stuff, and you spy on everyone, and if you say anything even halfway funny, you get audited. You, if you set it up like that, sooner or later, you take away all the peaceful ways for us to do stuff. You get the summer of 67, 68, and 69. Do you, do you realize that at one point, in one summer, there were 70 bombings? Bombings in the United States. People would just make bombs and blow up buildings. Yep. You know? Oh, wait. That was the Weather Underground. That was. Yeah, those were collectivists, actually. Those were the guys that. Those were actually the guys that put Obama in power. Yeah. But but the but the point being like you know you shut down any any means of dissent and then you do things like you investigate groups and uh, subject them to audits and do all this stuff shut down dissent and see what happens you know it's peaceful now but like it's not going to stay that way no no it's it's eventually going to freaking yes shit is boiling right now it is yeah. it is really it is starting I mean. I've never met so many people that are that are so disgusted in my life. Yeah, you know, as as what you see going on here. Um. Well, okay. So last weekend, uh, there's a guy from Chicago that hires me to go play drums for him whenever he's in the Midwest, and he brought a steel guitar player with him, also from Chicago. And uh, people from Chicago are not in any way, shape, or form, conservative people at all. Right, right. Like, they elected, I mean, there's, like, never been a Republican mayor of Chicago, at least as long right. as I have ever heard about, you know. And it's, they, and it's the most corrupt. They spent the entire weekend bitching about Obama and uh, the politics as they are right now. And these are not, like, you know, arch-conservative, gun-toting, knife-making you know, camping out in the woods. Red That's kind of like interesting, us. actually. Yeah. That's kind of interesting, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That, and because they were saying stuff, and I was like shocked. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. You know, if like, if the NSA was listening, like, we'd be fucked. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and these were guys that are from Chicago that are not like, you know, at all conservative guys. They're city city dwellers. I don't even know what to. I, I don't even know what to think anymore. Mm. I mean, I don't even know what to think well, anymore. Well, I'm, kind of, I'm just counting the days and hoping he can't do much damage. And well, I'm hoping he gets out of there before before it gets to the point where there has to be civil unrest. I, you know, it makes me wonder why. Well, I guess the end of I guess this next election this fall is going to be the telltale thing if. If we take the Senate back and we and we hold the House, I'll guarantee you that the whole lot of them get impeached. Well, we'll see. I doubt it. Really? Um, I I think what they I think the best thing that they could do is say you impeach Obama. You're racist. Necrophilia is a real doesn't matter. You could he can a, do anything he wants if you attack him for it or criticize him for it. You're racist. He can take any action that he wants, you know. So, like the the problem is that's why they haven't gone after him already, and that's why they're not going after him very hard. Is because all I mean they have an instant I win card. They just say, well, you're racist. The discussion's over, 
you know, discussion's over. There's no rational discussion after that point. After you know, that, after that card gets thrown, there's no, there's no basis for a rational discussion anymore. Have you, have you heard anything from Jesse Jackson lately? Not a word. Have you heard anything from uh, Jeremiah Wright or uh, who are the other? Uh, uh, Sharpton. Yeah, well, he Sharpton, has an right? MSNBC show. He's piping off all the time about stupid shit. But Is he? See, I don't. I don't watch. But that. I, I don't. I don't have TV, so I can't tell you what what's been going on. But I. But I haven't. I mean, you haven't seen any clips from either one of those guys lately. What happened to Cindy Sheehan? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I. I mean, you know, all these people. I think are are. Um, all of these people are are basically setups. Uh, I'm taking that out. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I just edited something out, um, trying to, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know that that was true. Getting, yes, I do, but I'm not putting that in there. I know. Um, but uh, anyway, don't forget to edit it out either. I won't. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Um, but but uh, you know that that's but that's the kind of stuff that's that's that they get so sucked in by this thing that they will do anything yeah to be part of it yeah they all want to have their 2 minutes of fame or whatever but uh, i don't know man i i'm i'm not uh, you know the outlook is not looking good for our country you know if if we have if another shoe drops we're 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 going to be in pretty much well trouble. they they keep the 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 problem is is like we have safety valves built into our system, and when you yeah, but they keep they keep soldering them shut. Yeah, one by one you go through and close close off avenues of descent, um, and you start pulling more and more shit and targeting more and more people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look what's going on on the border right now. Yeah, that's we have a, a full that's a whole other fledged scale invasion that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> a whole invasion we have a, we're being invaded and and you, everybody's looking the other way it's like well, we're, no we're not we're not being invaded and we it's didn't, not an we invasion didn't, we didn't entice them to come up there they're just children yeah tell me how tell me how <laughs> thousands and thousands of kids under the age of 10 walk from central to america to the uh border of mexico to the united states could you do that? I, I guarantee you, no. you and me, with all but of our expertise and survival. One of our freaking marines. One of our freaking marines is stuck in jail in freaking Mexico because he made a wrong turn. Yeah. Literally made a wrong turn. Couldn't be. They had they had their freaking Mexican army did the same shit in our country. Yeah, they're crossing the border all the time. That if you if you follow the local news sources in Arizona and these other places, I've got a friend uh Paul Reithmeyer down in Arizona that I've actually spent some time on the border with him. I was going to do a story for SWAT um back in olden times. And they uh if you follow the local news stories they they have pictures and video of like the mexican troops entering the united states all the time you know right. it just happens it's just one of those things you know but um th i guarantee you that you and i um i'm pretty fucking good at survival in a lot of environments okay i can handle a gun i can hunt i can fish i can feed myself and i could i can get from point a to point b 
probably about as good as most people. You're the same way. If you took you and me with all of that experience, all of that you know, skill at doing these sorts of things and had us try to walk from Central America to the Mexican border and then cross, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, how do thousands and thousands of, of kids under the age of 10 have that ability? And how does that happen without the cooperation of our government? I, I, I don't know. It doesn't. Right. It's, it's got to be... You know, I have an easy solution for it, and I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's the most humane way to do it. You basically put up big loudspeakers, and you put up two lines of fucking just barbed wire fence. Doesn't have to be anything less more than that. Yep. Barbed wire fence, and they're a quarter mile apart inside of our country. And you put big speakers, and you say, don't fucking come in here because this is a kill zone, and anything in this kill zone will be killed. And your rotting, stinking bodies won't even be able to be collected by anybody because the machine guns will fucking kill you when you go get somebody that's been gunned down. And you have miniguns every 300 meters. And anything that's in that zone gets frickin' fried. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. But, um, and, that'll, and that'll eliminate this issue altogether. That'll just eliminate the issue altogether. So how else you do it i don't know how else you you can't do this anywhere else in the world yeah because they would just they would just throw your ass in jail and you'd get beat while you were in jail and you'd be lucky to get out of there alive well yeah exactly (laughs) i mean i don't i don't get it you can't i don't even think you can do it on the northern border you you can't go in you can't just walk into canada no yeah, no, and if no. they if they catch you in Canada, there's no fucking way. You I you try to fly fly into Canada and you have to go to customs and they question you. 
on the northern border up here, there is seven agencies that watch the water on the St. Mary's River for boats coming across. Seven, seven freaking agencies hmm. that all have guns. Hmm. And, they, and they stop people all the time. Yuppers. Okay, so what the fuck? Why are we allowing this to happen? Because because the people that are coming in as immigrants are collectivist, and the Democrat Party is collectivist, and most of the Republican Party is collectivist, and they see new voters that will overwhelm the few of us left who are not collectivists, and then they'll be able to have a collectivist state where they can have massive amounts of power and accumulate massive amounts of wealth and keep the rest of us in relative shitty poverty and lifestyles. If you want the truth, that's what it is. You know, that's we, that's the culture. That, okay, that's so just how, the culture. How, how do we combat this? You, you, number one, you do things like happen to Eric Cantor. Any, any Republican that goes along with that, doesn't matter how much you like them, doesn't matter how long they've been in there, doesn't matter how much power they have, you throw their ass out of there. And, and they have to get the message that we're not going to tolerate it. Number one, you side with collectivists, you go down with them. Period. End of discussion. You vote for uh, making, uh, you know, whatever state you happen to live in, you, you vote for making uh, Arkansas, say, Mexico North, guess what? You're fucking gone. Uh, you know, and the, if the next guy comes in and does it, he's gone too. And the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy. Until you finally get the message across, like, look... You know, we're not putting up with this anymore. You know, and if that doesn't work, listen, you know, it's, if you close off, again, once again, if you close off all of the avenues of dissent, and you're you're basically not leaving us any choice anymore to do this in a fair, you know, democratic, and, you know, if you don't let us use the political system to do it, there's other ways. You know, why wouldn't they mind, why, why, why? Would you not mine the border? Well, that you, again, it's a that gets into whole other topics. What well, I mean, do we just because we think it's indiscriminate? If we warn people not to step there, and you put signs up, you say this is mine. Don't fucking step here. It gets you, a, then you get into whole other things. I mean, like what? I mean, what could what could somebody possibly say that? Well, well just in, I need to get over there just in case. No, you, you, if you need to get over here, you can go through the fucking crossing. Where we have guys standing there saying, you can or you cannot come in. And when you come in, I'll know you're here. I got your metrics. And if you get caught somewhere over here not coming back, we're going to fucking throw you back. With a catapult. With a catapult. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not, not even going to put you on a bus. Nice. You're going to be catapulted back over yeah. the fence. With yeah, a exactly. real... Like, you know, 1,500-style catapult with the ropes yeah. and everything. Exactly. That'd be awesome. And listen, you break your legs, maybe next time you'll remember not to fucking come over here and yeah. stay. Oh, and if you land short and you land in the kill zone, oops. Yeah. Looks Your like Swiss we need cheese. to recalibrate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe next oh time. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, anyway, that, I, 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 again, it gets into whole other issues, but... Something uh, needs to be done, though. Something seriously needs to be done. Well, we'll see. You know, the, I just don't think it's. I don't think it's in the. The e, no, neither party thinks it's in their best interest to close 
the border because they're not really thinking of it in terms of what their constituents want. They're thinking about it in terms of how they are they going to get money to get reelected, and then what kind of people do they want voting for them? Do they want people? It, now, let's say you were a government official. Okay, you were gonna you were gonna bet your life and bet your whole career on being a government uh, official for your whole life and your retirement and everything planned on that. Would you want to encourage uh, the recruitment of voters who were going to vote for less government or less of you, or would you want the kind of voter who's going to vote for more government or more of you? That, well, that's, it, it, you have I to know. take you out of it, but but you have to put yourself yep. in the shoes of a career politician. They want right. people from both parties want people voting for them who want more government, not less. Right. You know, and so their constituents, pretty much, if you ask the average American, they're not, they don't want government doing everything. You know. Right. But. They're, so that, that's why they're not going to close the borders because they want people to come in who are going to vote for more collective well, and more and government. Well, and to be honest about it, I think if you actually listen to the Midwest, they would have closed the borders a long time ago. The average Joe on the street. If you walk up to the average Joe on the street and you say, um, should anybody from Mexico just be able to, allowed to walk across the border? What's the difference between anybody from China walking across the border or anybody from Russia walking across the border or or Saudi Arabia or Iraq or Iran? Should they just be able to walk across our border too? I mean, I think if you start posing the questions like that, you get a completely different answer. Yeah. Well, you know, but no, we're we're getting the question like this. Well, if the impoverished children the impoverished orphans from Mexico. Well, that's why they bum rushed the border with uh, kids. Yeah. Because if they bu- bum rushed the border with a bunch of big strapping guys with mustaches, um, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Speaking of mustaches, I got a mustache story that I got to tell you before. Okay, and it better involve a knife because we got to close this out with a knife story. And oh. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna tell people I'm going straight down to my shop. This isn't gonna be edited until tonight. Uh, I'm going straight down to my shop, and I'm gonna do some knife work. Okay, so knife story. Okay, knife story. I'm in a restaurant cutting my steak with a knife. Right. <laughs> Actually, my my wife and I went out to dinner. At this really kind of cool place. We really like it a lot. It's called the Barrelback, mm-hmm. and it's got some barbecue and it's got some you know. It's it's got some really tasty food, so we're sitting there eating and and uh, it's late. It's after a rotary variety show we had just spent the evening listening to, and uh, um, kind of a late dinner for us. We're trying to eat light, and uh, the the guy that's clearing the table and keeping the water glasses filled in this place, and it's kind of dark. You know, it's not a the, the, the I mean it's the, it's just really kind of a cool place right on Lake on Walloon Lake and it's oh, it's a the whole front of the building's all glass overlooks the overlooks the uh, lake the moon is shining bright it is a glorious night I mean it is beautiful right right so we're sitting there this nice quiet table for two with a little candle burning with us and we're eating a, a, a their farmer's plate which is a variety of uh, um, Cured meats and cheeses and some nuts and some olives and and some 
bread and just really quite good, mm-hmm. quite romantic, quite good. And this guy walks up and he's filling our our water glasses up. And the second time he comes through, he says to me, he says, you know. He said, I gotta really let you know that I really admire your mustache. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I swear <laughs> on a stack of Bibles. And he looks at my wife, and by, and we, we've got like this dumbfounded look on her face, and we look at, and she, <laughs> and she, and she he says to her, you gotta respect the mustache. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so I am, I am like laughing like crazy. Hey, guess what yeah. I'm gonna do? Well, I'm live. I'm putting you live on uh, my Instagram feed right now. There, <laughs> so, so you're going. So, up. so we're laughing about this the rest of the evening. I'm like, can you believe? I, I, I'm just like beside myself. I cannot believe that anybody would actually. I mean, I've had, I've had people in stores and ladies in stores follow me around and walk up to Kathy and I, who are like maybe holding hands or something, you know. Uh-huh. And a lady walks up behind us and says. Excuse me, but I I gotta tell you, you really smell good. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that is no bullshit. You can ask my wife about that. So anyway, so we're we're just laughing about this. I'm like, what the hell is with this? I feel like I'm like you know in that in that movie Michael. Yeah. Where all the women are like, they just like swoon over him all the time. You know, and I'm not. I don't have like the full head of beautiful hair, John Travolta hair. I'm not. I don't consider myself even halfway good looking. Yeah. But but this this happens to me more times than it should to anybody. So but this this so this guy says this, you know, I and, and I'm looking at my wife and she's just we're cracking up the whole rest of the evening. So so we're, we're trying to figure it out, you know. And we're done eating and we, we're walk as we're walking out one of the other guys, one of the other waiters says to me, you know, i got to tell you, I've been admiring your mustache all night. Oh. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so this is the number two guy in the same restaurant, and I'm thinking, okay, what the hell is this? I'm like, a, do you think I'm a gay porn star or something? What, what is going on here? I got nothing else. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, nobody's ever... People don't I, come out you of know their what? way to I, compliment me, and I'm and I'm laughing because this is not something that. I mean, dude, I am not fishing for this shit. I don't, you know, I'm happily married for thirty years, thirty plus years. This is not like I'm looking, but on multiple occasions, I've had women come up to me when Kathy's with me, and say something like that to me, not about the mustache, but about like the way I smell. Like the the aftershave that I'm wearing or the cologne that I'm wearing or something like that, and it's like it's mind bending to me that somebody would actually I would never even in a in my wildest fantasy walk up to a lady and say, "Ma'am, excuse me, but you smell phenomenal." <laughs> no, I would never even consider doing that. Yeah, that's. I would funny. never say, "Dude, you got the best beard I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, that's never gonna happen. No, it's yeah. never never gonna happen. <laughs> but it happened to me twice in one evening. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting it. I'm not understanding it. Okay, I'm gonna put a bed of like some some music underneath this, underneath your story, so that so that it becomes it. more funny. It, it. I kid you not. It is. It was. We were laughing about it all night. <laughs> 
It was the funniest shit ever. Yeah. And I was using um I was using a, a, a um I was using my knife to cut the steak. Using my little Swiss Army knife. Right. Oh, and as we were um when we were doing our uh, our dives, um we used my corkscrew on my Swiss Army knife to open the bottle of wine because we've never had a wine opener while a bottle opener while we were up there a oh, wine cool. opener and I always use my my uh, Swiss Army knife cork yeah cork puller yeah so with that you got any good knife stories uh not really just uh, I'm trying to think what have I talked about the did you did you um, when you were doing your mountain climbing shit mm-hmm. did you did they talk about knives no, like not really. Like keep that knife away from this freaking rope. No, they never said much word about it. But uh, the guy, uh, the guy that was kind of the head instructor, uh, I've got his card here. I want to make sure I give him a plug. This is at. Uh, well, I don't have his card. I guess it's in my wallet downstairs. But uh, American uh, Mountain Institute or American Alpine Institute and. Uh, the guy was a ranger, and he was one of the guys that did, like, the mountaineering aspects of the rangers or whatever. And mm-hmm. so he was the main guy. But when I whipped out my uh, a, my uh, Marlin Spike case knife, he, like, freaked out about it and just loved it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that was pretty cool. And then I, I've mm-hmm. been randomly kind of posting some pictures of that. You know, up on a mountain with my feet hanging over a cliff, like cutting some like, you know, summer sausage or something. <laughs> you know, on uh, slip joint attics, just to show that you know that that knife in action. I'm gonna have to get on this Instagram thing. I just uh, oh, there you are, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so your Instagram feeds into yep. into you can um, you can have it feed into uh, we and actually what we need to do what. I think a good project for you um, would be to uh, would be to um, start a knife journal Instagram, so we okay. can put pictures up there, uh, and then uh, you know there's ways, and I'm looking at how to do this for when I finally put together my Versteg Blades website. But there's ways where you can feed your in- Instagram feed into your website so that it automatically updates your website with whatever you're putting on Instagram so that your web your website constantly changes but then it changes because you're you're feeding stuff into it every day with Instagram as opposed to have to going in and recoding all this stuff but I'm going to try to figure that out and then just do use Instagram to up, update what I'm working on and all that so people can see Inter- it. interesting I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look into that I uh um my sister's dating a artist now. A pretty awesome artist. If cool. you go to my Facebook mm-hmm. and look at uh, his name is Jay Garfinkel. Okay, not not Garfunkel, right? Nope. Okay. Right. He just right. liked my a couple of my comments about ADD and guys. A guys a pretty interesting. Uh, Pretty interesting artist, uh-huh. and my sister's known him for like 30, 35 years, uh-huh. and um, she just started uh, like becoming serious about him. 
after all this time they've been talking and corresponding with cards and letters and <laughs> my buddy Dave just posted this I'm not an asshole I'm actually one of the nicest people you ever meet you are just pissed because I can see through your bullshit <laughs> that's funny but but um no it's interesting that he's he's a um uh he has some interesting art he's cool. a did he's been in the movie business did a lot of uh work in the in graphics in the movie industry so be kind of fun i'll see uh see how he takes to the knife industry cuz i'm sure he's going to get indoctrinated yeah well there's i mean there's not too many reasons why you wouldn't want to be a knife nut <laughs> yeah, I know it. That's what I say all the time too. It's like, why would you? You know, you can be a. I mean, you can carry a. You can do all of your packing and all of your shit with a with a Swiss. But why would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it's like this whole community. So you can, if for people that, you know, we we have listeners. I get letters from. Oh, we got an email from that guy. We should read that real quick. But we get. Uh, emails from people all over the world about the podcast and stuff and, and questions, and then we've got a forum, uh, knifejournal.com, and then there's forums in there. And, hey, do you have anything to give away, by the way? You know, i, I got to look through I my stuff. I have something if you don't. i, I, I got to look through my stuff, but I and I haven't done it lately, but I need to do it. I've been, I've been like, sidetracked doing a lot of other stuff right now. Are you ready? Oh, you're going to give that away. I'm going to give it away. Okay, people, nice. this is this is a... This is an awesome giveaway, okay? Uh, I am giving away, and I'm going to start the thread here, uh, but you're going to have to jump through some hoops to get this because this is a pretty awesome giveaway. Um, I'm giving yes, away an Emerson Knives A100SF, uh, unopened inbox. Ooh, long- Let me see what that looks like. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, uh, maybe maybe I'll enter. buy that first. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy that from you first. But it's it's right-handed. It's all right. I carry knives on my right side. I don't... I, I'm not... Yeah, that's pretty sexy. I'm actually. giving it away. you got to buy one if you want it. That's actually pretty nice. Our listeners deserve it. Actually, it is a beautiful knife. I just wish it was um, left-hand friendly. That That is... And you know, they probably make that in left-handed. Yeah, they had like they 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 do have some left-handed knives on the site that they that they occasionally um, will have. But th- when I went to order mine, they they didn't have any, so I just bought this one just to see if I liked it, and I like it. But I think um, I'm probably not going to use it. Um, but I think one of our listeners would really like it, so I'm going to give that away. But you 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 people, you're going to have to you're going to have to like you're going to have to what should we make them do? Well, they have to be over eighteen. They have to be over eighteen. Um, I don't know. Have they uh, feedback? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Um, y- you know, this is a pretty big giveaway, so we would, we would really appreciate. Um, you know, if you would, uh, you know, put something on, rate us on iTunes, hopefully favorably. Maybe <coughs> say a little something like. You know something nice. Um, well, you know the you know the 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 funny thing is, and I'm not sure what to think of this. 
we have a gazillion downloads of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, uh, th- I mean, literally, there is probably 25,000 downloads. I'll bet you by now we're t- at 25,000 po- down- downloads or maybe more. But we don't have that many people signing up for the forum. We don't have that many people liking us on Facebook. I- I'm not, I-, I don't, I can't get my head wrapped around this. I'm not sure if this uh, like another world that just does not interact like this with us. I, maybe a lot of the, I don't know, maybe they're just, maybe they're shy. You know, the the thing is, is like you get for every one call or uh, every one letter you get, um, typically in radio, there's a thousand people listening. Yeah. You know, so if we get, uh, uh, if, if we get one email, there's probably a thousand people who just kind of sit and listen and they're, and I'm that way. I, I've only ever sent, I, I, I talked to, uh, um, I talked to Anthony Scalambrini because I was on his podcast, and I sent I sent an email to Knife Thursday, but that's it. I I don't interact with any of the other shows that I listen to, you know. So maybe maybe they're like most of us are. We listen and then we don't whatever. But well, I'm gonna I'm going well, especially with when you have a giveaway like this. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't like? Well, this. Why wouldn't you sign up? People are crazy if they don't sign up for this, and I'm putting the thread up right now, so. Mm-hmm. While you're looking that up, uh, Lon Humphrey just sent me an instant messenger uh, question. He says, question for the show, and you can use my name. When I try to start my Ford 8N, it makes a weird noise, dot, dot, dot. Oh, wait, wrong show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wrote back. You know, uh, I, used to have a, I used to have a 640, which was a, the newer model of an 8N. Actually, my dad had an AN2, 8N2. Hmm. Well, so great tractors, by the way. Yeah, I had a we had um, I had a Ford tractor that had a straight six in it, but I don't know what the what the model number was. So a straight six. Usually they're four cylinder. No, this was a straight six, six cylinder. Uh, That's awful fucking big. Well, I know, but I know it was a straight six because I had to change the spark plugs in it, and hmm. there were six of them, and wow. it was in a straight line. And I had, wow. a, at that time, I had a Datsun 280ZX that had a straight six in it. So, uh, anyway, so he, so I said, do you want to say anything to the listeners? And he said, yeah, tell them I said hello and keep them sharp. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> People, Lon says to keep everything sharp. Where do you buy your knives? Knives Ship Free is a proud sponsor of the Knife Journal podcast, which is a great reason to try us out. Knivesshipfree.com carries all of your favorite brands at competitive prices, and everything at Knivesshipfree.com ships for free. It's like it's in the name. Chris Reeve, Bark River, Benchmade, Spyderco, Great Eastern Cutlery, Zero Tolerance, all the best brands are at Knivesshipfree.com. Let me let me find that email that that guy sent. Uh, which one? Which one is it? The one that you sent me like last week. Let me Hockey just, guy. Let me just let me just find it because he had something he wanted us to read and something he wanted to say off the air. So here it is. Yeah. 
uh, and th we've actually talked about this on uh, we've we've actually talked about this on the podcast before. So he says, "Hey guys, I'm Brian, a longtime listener from the beginning. I was looking into getting another Bark River for general field use for hiking, camping, hunting, etc. While watching a Bravo One review, I found the old destruction tests tests from the hockey mask guy, creepy basement and all." He is still doing reviews and tests today at knifetests.com or a link to his YouTube channel, and then he, he uh, included a link. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm actually very glad that he sent that in because I'm, like, all excited did, about it. Did you, did you see any of the, those videos? They are kind of creepy. I know, the but I, can't, that I, he's, I can only watch, like, a couple minutes of it, and I get... Oh, like, I know. That's, yeah. that's the way I am, too. Yeah. I, 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 I've yet to figure out what the point is, except the fact to fuck up a knife. Yeah, there's no there's no benefit to it. That, I mean that I can see, but um, and I can tell you if one of my Bowies ever ends up in those destruction tests, it would break my heart, <laughs> you know, because like I put so much time and effort into those, and like, you know, so much care goes into making every single one of those things that if if one of my knives under ever ended up in a destruction test, I don't care if it did well, I don't care if it did bad, I just don't want to see it, you know. It's just heartbreaking to see that happen, but <laughs> but anyway. Okay, uh, I'm gonna read this one without reading this guy's name. I'm gonna forward this to you right now. Okay. Um, Kyle. There you go. Send. Okay. Uh, greetings, Kyle. I'm a podcast subscriber and listener. On on your recent podcast, you mentioned making a fixed blade sheep's foot knife right a friend of mine and knife maker scott gossman is making such a knife the model is called the utility necker knife neck knife or the unk uh-huh it has three inch blade and three and three quarter inch handle blade thickness uh eighth of an inch he also makes a larger four inch blade model of the uh four inch model called the utility field knife or the ufk the interesting thing about the blade has slightly has a slight belly as opposed to a straight flat edge. This increases the utility and makes it an excellent hunting knife. Sweet. The knife was a collaborative design between myself and Scott in 2010. After a canoe trip I was on, found the need for such a utility knife. I have two UNKs and one one in 01 steel and the other in CPM 154. The first one he has ever made. Great handy knife. Please check Scott's website out if you have some nice design knife design ideas. He also has a video on the knife. Congratulations on your knife sales. They look like great knives. I incidentally I'm a good friend of Marty Simon and he spoke of, very highly of you after he got back from PWIP. Oh, well, that's nice of him. I have been to his stitch in leather clinics and I recommend him as a source for learning sheath making. I'll be going up to his place this coming weekend for the peace gathering. Anyway, keep the podcast coming. Podcasts coming. They are refreshing and entertaining. The most knifey program out here. <laughs> Good luck with your mountaineering class and stay safe, Mike. That was nice of him. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Um, then we got another one from Peter. Did I send this to you? Uh, uh I don't think so. I'm going to forward this one to you because this is going to require your response. Oh, by email or? No. Oh. 
Um, Kyle, I remember hearing you talk about hammocks at some point. I don't remember where I heard it, but I did. Not sure if you're still doing the hammock thing, but I'm planning on buying one soon. Mm -hmm. And like your input, uh, you had an Amazonius, right? Yeah, yeah, buyer Amazonus. And uh, if I remember correctly, you did not like it. Yeah. Then you switched to the wa- the war bonnet. Right. Could you please talk about something what went wrong with the Amazon Amazonius? Yeah. Okay. So the the buyer Amazonus is is just fine. Um, the the problem is um, that there were areas at least on the at least on the one that I had where um, the mosquito netting uh, came into contact with skin. Uh, so. I, I did some research, looked around, found the Warbonnet Outdoors uh, Blackbird, and the the I have two of those hammocks. I have one that's a single bottom, and I have one that's a double bottom, and I've used both of them in uh, the Amazon jungle, and from my experience, the one to get is the one with the double bottom, because uh, inevitably, uh, your sleeping pad as you're sleeping will slide out from underneath you and then all you've got is a single layer of uh, sill nylon between you and the thousands of mosquitoes and you're gonna wake up with thousands and thousands of mosquito bites Um, the other thing about the war bonnet that I like is again the mosquito netting is well off of your skin there's no portion of it that touches you and it's got a little built-in gear shelf so um, I've tried a lot of different hammocks. I've tried some of the Hennessy's. I've tried some of the ENOs, and they're all fine. Um, but for for my uh, personal preference, the uh, the um, the bonnet Outdoors Blackbird with the double bottom is the one to get. And then uh, you'll want a tarp or something to put over the top of it. Um, the Warbonnet Outdoors sells uh, something called the Superfly, and that's fine. I think it's overkill. Um, I use an MSR E-Wing, and that's what I like. And I've used it in uh, rainforests, jungle downpours, all that stuff, and uh, that's what that's my opinion, and that's what my experience is. So, mm-hmm. <coughs> well, hopefully that answers it. Interesting. Yep. I'm not I'm not a hammock guy and I think I told you that before but Yeah, some you know you either you either like them or you don't. It's one yeah. of those things. I'd like to get a I'd like to get a um uh a mosquito netting for inside of my Kifaru. Yeah, that's they'd make those, I think. Yeah, no, and cuz I think that that's an, that would be an ideal that's an actually an, I think an ideal uh setup for Michigan camping for the summertime. Yeah. That style with a mosquito net inside. Yep. You know, small little outfit. Uh, although, I mean, if you're if you're packing, uh, you can't. You could never. You could never uh, sleep outside in the summertime with a with a fly with this kind of weather with this kind of mosquitoes. I don't think up here. Yeah. Um, you, you would you would be dying. There are, there are some tricks you can use in the jungle, but they're just tricks and they don't work all that great. So one thing that I've done in the past is uh, is uh, there's all kinds of like termites 
everywhere. And um, uh, what you do is you find a termite nest, you build a fire, and you throw the termite nest on the fire, and it'll smoke, and you won't you won't see bugs for hours. <laughs> so uh, I, I tell you, I you know I was ha- I had a cigar the other night, and they were they were out so bad I couldn't even I, I had a hard time smoking the cigar. Yeah. Well, if you if you're in a place that has termite nests, which again, like jungle, so this is not applicable to everybody, but there are some tricks you can use. A termite nest, if you throw that on a fire, you aren't going to see any bugs for a long time. Um, there are uh, other things you can burn. Um, you know, they'll take like moss, and I've seen this done where you'll find like by where you live, they'll gather up a whole bunch of moss, and they'll burn that, and it'll form like a like a slow, like, like punk, right? A punky. If you burn that, it'll generate some smoke and it'll keep them away a little bit. Um, again, it's not. But still, you got to breathe that shit, right? And it's not. <laughs> again, you, you know, none of this is ideal. The the no. the solution that I use is a is a um, is a hammock with a built-in mosquito net that takes care of ninety percent of it. But then, what happens in the times when you? Uh, when you can't use your hammock. So what I do is I bring along MSRE wing, Warbonnet Outdoors, Blackbird with a double bottom, and a uh, Outback brand uh, mosquito net. And so I can always build some sort of a rigged up shelter and just hang the mosquito net and the and the um, uh, MSRE wing over the top of that and I've done that I had to do that uh, on a sandbar in the Amazon River um, I've had and to do you it you could do you were using you were using DEET also weren't you no I, I have never once used a single drop of DEET on anything uh, just to see if I could do it because the thing is like again like one of the main challenges that I think drives people crazy down there is bugs so I wanted to find solutions to the bug problems without DEET. Yeah. And so I now have solutions to those bug problems without DEET. But I got the hell bit out of me trying to figure all that stuff out. Um, but now I can go down there. I'll get a few bug bites, but it's not going to be like the first time I went down there before I figured everything out, I was head to toe covered in them. Yeah. You know, just head to toe. And it was so bad and I got so itchy when I got back, that I had to take uh, prednisone, yeah, uh, an exactly. immunosuppressant. And, I mean, it, it, unbelievable. Well, and that's bad. the way you get malaria. Yeah, um, but I, I'm, and, I'm on anti-malarials. The funny thing is, is that I've been in dengue in the last two years. I've spent about four months in dengue environments, and I've never caught dengue fever. So yeah, you're I, lucky. I've I've gotten lucky. I have a friend of mine. See, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not willing to take that chance. Uh, my, I have a friend of mine that has dengue fever, yeah. and that, that is not something that you want to say. I got it. <laughs> well, I know. And then, well, and, and he's got typhoid too, and he's got malaria. Well, the 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 week after I left, um, the last time I was in Peru, the week after I left, Mickey Grossman got malaria or got uh, dengue fever, and he got the hemorrhagic kind. And yeah, he got it so exactly. bad, and then he was thrown into a prison in Tabatinga, Brazil, uh, with this dengue fever, and they weren't taking care of him right and all this stuff. And so I got an emergency visa from the Brazilian government to go down there and, like, fix him up and stuff. I ended up not having to go, 
um, but it's you know it's one of those things like you don't want to mess with it, but you know there's no, not a lot. And, you can and the do. thing is, is that it doesn't. Um, I have some stuff that I got when I was down there, and it it works real well. You dare not put it on your skin. Yeah. You know, it's something that you have got to put on like a hat. Yeah. Your your I put it on my boots. Uh-huh. I put it on my um you know my pant the the um cuffs uh cuffs of my pants. Yeah. And on but I won't put it on my skin and it really does work. I mean that that when you use that when you use the that stuff properly it does work. Yeah. And like when you just because you have a bug screen my in my experience has been you have a bug screen you get in it the bugs go in it with you you've got to you've got to have the way of stopping the bugs from going through the gate while you while you're yeah. there well again you know, yeah. so i put that i put deet on the on the you know yeah on the bar- you know basically on the spots that open up to the outside world and we had we had mosquitoes up here so bad while i was out you know and i, and I was out right on the water i mean you there was freaking 10,000 of them on my jeep Ugh. On the door of my Jeep, when you op- when, every time you opened up the door of the Jeep and got in it, you shut the door behind you. There was a hundred mosquitoes inside. Yeah, and you had to like roll down the window and drive to get them out. Yeah, you know, swatting while you, while they were all flying out. Well, but, I'm you know. I, I'm certainly not advocating that people go without DEET. I I'm just saying that my, and Mickey Grossman when he was down there used used gallons of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he still got it. And even even if you spray yourself religiously with it, you're still going to get mosquito bites. You'll get right. less, um, but uh, you're still going to get them. It's just unavoidable. Um, right. But there are the main time you have to worry about is at night when you're sleeping because you right. you won't be able to react to them and stuff like that. And so the right. main that's when you have to get a mosquito free environment. Well, and that's what I did. I can make a mosquito free environment without DEET. Or at least yeah. as free as it's going to get. You know, I came back from Guyana with, oh, maybe a dozen mosquito bites, which is nothing. I mean, I, I'll get a dozen mosquito bites walking from my house to the park and back. Right. So, um, you know, I'm not advocating that people do that. Um, but the other thing, the other trick I learned is uh, your pant legs. Uh, when you get up and you, you put your boots on you're getting ready to head out for the day, um, take duct tape and wrap it around the bottom of your pant legs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that keeps some of the creepy crawlies out. Um, but anyway, that's well, yeah, because you got a big you got a big problem up here with ticks right now too. Yeah, well, and, and that, they're and, they're freaking. And there's all kinds of stuff in in the jungle that will fuck yeah. you up if it gets on you. So and you can get you can get pretty bad. I mean, you can get pretty sick by the yeah ticks will mess you up. If, you're, yep. if your doctor doesn't recognize Lyme's disease, or if you don't, and there's other tick-borne diseases, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, my dog caught that. Um, yeah, Daisy. Is that the, is that the snorter? Dog. Well, both of them. They're both Boston Terriers, but the first one, uh, she died at the age of 10, which is ridiculous. Like, she should have lived to be 16, but it's because she had uh, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever when she was a pup. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of fucked up about all of that, but... Uh, uh, anyway, um, you never, you never get over dogs. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, isn't that, it's, that's the funniest thing. I, I had a dog that was one of the brightest. Now my other one is, is antsy because I said something about it, but I had this, uh, I had this dog that was a cross between a lab and a, and a, uh, uh, 
not a golden retriever, but a, a lab and a Springer Spaniel. Hmm. And she was probably one of the brightest dogs I've ever that I've ever had. I mean, she was very, very smart. She was the kind of dog that um, that wouldn't woof her food down. She would eat, and then um, when her bowl was empty, she'd bring you to her bowl, and she'd want it filled up. And then you would you would fill up the bowl, and she wouldn't eat it until she was hungry again. So it was it was clearly a dog that was thinking about the future. Yeah. Which they say that dogs don't think. They live in the completely in the moment. They never they never think down the road. And I don't know if that's uh something that we've bred out of the domestic animals, but I think wolves think down the road. I mean I think that fox think down the road, coyotes think down the road. I don't but I but dogs usually don't. They usually eat everything that's in their bowl. <laughs> and and she didn't. Hmm. You know, she didn't. And uh, we, I lost her at a young age. She had some kind of liver problem, and mm. uh, I was always disappointed by that. But she was brilliant. Uh, yeah. The lab that I have now is—he's not that smart. You know, he's not bright like that. The red bone is; she can be smart. She can be dumb sometimes too, but she can be smart. The the blue tick. Not so much. <laughs> that dog. Not not so much. Yeah. He he is he's getting better. He'll probably he's grow getting, into a good dog. I'm thinking. He's he's actually getting quite a bit better. Um, now I have a nest of robins that are is they're within his grasp, and I cannot believe that he's not got them yet. Huh. Uh, you know he got a gross beak. Yeah, that's not very nice. No, I thought that was kind of crazy. Uh, but he's not messed with this nest. I don't know what. I mean, it literally is. He could stick his face in it. It's it's the 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 robin was not real bright where she built it, and uh, it's only four foot off the deck, off the ground. But it's on the deck, which I'm not sure if that what means that it's not fair game. I, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Huh. But anyway, well, let's let's answer one more email here. Okay. Uh, and then I really need to get down to the shop because I got work piling up, and I want to get this these bowies done. I want to be done All with right. that project. Okay. All right. So you're going to read this last one. Yeah. Okay. So this one says, uh, "Gentlemen, welcome back. Another great episode. Uh, I would like to touch on a couple things. It was reported that a vendor at the Atlanta Knife Show had ordered some M&Ms with the Knife Show's logo or something along these lines printed on the packaging to hand out to people attending." When the Mars Candy Company uh, found out about this, the order was canceled. Mars was claiming that it was not a fr- family-friendly event. This uh, information was reported by Gun for Hire Radio. This is a podcast based here in New Jersey by the Gun for Hire range. I have no stake in promoting this podcast other than that I listen to keep up on the current issues we face in New Jersey in regards to firearms. Lastly, I would ask, I would like to ask for some help from my fellow listeners. Here in New Jersey, firearms owners are facing mounting laws being forced on us by our state legislators. These legislators, under the false ideal that their laws will promote safety for the greater good, are only making the state, which has some of the strictest gun laws, even stricter. New Jersey does not have an open carry, and although you can apply for a CCW, it is rarely given out. Basically, we can go from our home to the range or hunt and then back home, no stopping for gas, restroom, getting food, drink, nothing. 
Currently, there is a bill on the governor's desk that will eliminate high-capacity magazines, meaning that in New Jersey, where we are allowed only 15-round magazines, they want to cut them to 10. If your listeners could reach out to the governor of New Jersey through email and respectfully ask him to veto this bill, it would be very much appreciated. Now, I know that you have listeners through throughout the U.S. Uh, that may think this won't affect them. Remember, all politicians try to outdo each other it may not be too long before this stuff starts happening where you live. If anyone needs to check anything I've mentioned here, please Google New Jersey gun laws, New Jersey knife laws. Once they finish with the guns, they will start with the knives. I do apologize for the long email, but I didn't want to be confused with one of the guys that wants to open carry in the baby aisle of Walmart. (laughs) 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 This is a smart podcast listener. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Great stuff as always. Keep it up. Your fan, New Jersey Berserker. Nice. Yep. Nice. You know, I, I had a. I, we got called into. Uh, I got called into work the other night in, onto the sheriff's department, and we had a. Um, <laughs> we had something that was supposed to happen. Was they were this motorcycle gang has got a clubhouse in our county, and they were going to have a. Um, a cage match, and the cage match was supposed to happen with some famous guy was like supposed to take on all comers. Okay, <laughs> so so somebody had reported this that was going to happen, and and everybody got kind of gun shy, and they called in, they called all of us in for that shift. Six guys, hmm. six guys. It was sport. They were expecting two thousand people, and they they called in six guys. So we were laughing about that, and and it reminds me of. Um, uh, it reminds me of a concert that we had, and, and there was like like eight of us, and there was fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand people at this concert, and they called in eight of us to keep the peace. <laughs> and, and so I was telling that story to someone when I was working, and they were looking at me funny. And we were going, "What the hell did you do?" You know, I, I said, "Oh, well, we we huddled up. There was eight of us, and we just decided that we were going to surround them." And so that's what we did. We surrounded them and kept the peace. <laughs> so eight surrounding fourteen thousand is keeping the peace. And anyway, so this this whole thing with the with the motorcycle gang ended up being like twenty four cars. We're in the in their, in their, at their <laughs> well. I wouldn't go to a like, place with a, with an ultimate fighter thing where they were going to take all comers either. Man, I'd probably they'd probably beat me up. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Well, when they say take all comers, I mean anybody that wants to. Fight this guy can fight him. No, thank so you. So they they figured that they were going to get people from all over the place that wanted to fight, but it didn't happen. I mean, we had all the like the riot gear out. We had all the beanbag guns out. We had the freaking you know riot gear. We had the freaking gas guns. We had the you know everybody was issued Thompson <laughs> submachine guns. Oh my and gosh! We figured that we were just gonna. You know, M wraps were gonna roll down the street, and Jeez. we were just gonna take them. Take them all down. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding with all that last bit, but anyway. but it was it was pretty funny. It's like, yeah, okay, we got six guys here. We can take on pretty much anybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know, listeners, uh, if you if you you know are feeling like you want to uh, help us out, go ahead, go to iTunes, uh, give us a good rating and a good review. Uh, oftentimes the only people motivated to give you a review are the ones that are pissed off because you said something that made them mad. 
Have we have we read it? Have we gotten any new reviews lately? Uh, last time I checked, there was a there was a couple more on there uh, that were positive, which is nice. Um, and uh, so I, take your time do I that. That'd be awesome if you'd do that. Uh, the other thing you can do, if you have a question or whatever, you can find us on Facebook, obviously, and ask us there, or you can take the real easy route, podcast at knifejournal.com. We also have some forums, knifejournal.com, and there's forums in there. You have to sign up, um, you know, but it doesn't cost you anything. And uh, you will not be entered in this Emerson knife drawing unless you sign up on the podcast or in the in the forums. And I may have an additional hoop <laughs> for PI. I haven't thought of it yet, but um, this is a really good giveaway. Like, and and the chances are it's going to be like under 20 people. So you have like a one in 20 chance or something. If if, if it follows uh, if it follows the patterns of the last ones, so. Okay, so so is this a new one? Um, great podcasts. Hosts, the hosts are interesting and knowledgeable. Speak well and add enough humor to keep the show light. I look forward to each podcast. Is that a new one? Yeah, that'd be us. Um, yeah, I think that's new. That's cool. I love it. I like it when we give people what they're looking for. Yep. Hey, I think you I, know, I think it, it I, is. I think I think I did What's something that? wrong. What'd you do? I tried to post a, a thread about the giveaway and it didn't didn't go up. Maybe I did it wrong. I'll try again. Hmm. All right. So if that's it, we've got to go. Yep. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, remember, keep your knives sharp, people, and your friends sharper. All right. Bye. Have fun. Bye. <laughs>